like I'm trying to just get everything I do filmed, like sound bites of me talking, like little tips of me like standing here showing things like with a goal, uh, instructional, film, like everything. And so it's just, it's hard to like, it's so much work. Yeah. But it's like what I love doing and it's also the way to like be able to scale and reach more people. Because now with technology, it's so easy to learn from video. Yeah, like everyone is. consumes that stuff, and like you just watch video, it's like you go try it out. Like any any athlete who's like really committed can watch someone do something and then go try and emulate. And then you can come back and you can come to an in-person session and like tweak it, and I'll show you some yeah. different things. And like, but like the online could be like the basis for everything that you do. Yeah, and it's almost like like you said, anyone can learn it. So. If it's not too hard to learn how to capture it and to edit it, then the real gold is like what you have to say. Right. So it's like you being someone who's one of the best shooters in the game, a women's coach, you've got like the prerequisites for like, let's get what you have to say out there. Right. And just, and just blasting it and learning how to market. And it's cool because like I'm... Come close to the mic. Just... Can you hear me there? I don't know. It's like just <laughs> when you watch podcasts, it's like get close to the mic. Yeah. Um, but so just trying to figure out those skills to like, you know, grow grow it as a business. But also it, the main thing is just growing what I'm passionate about and spreading it. So it's yeah. it's fun, but it's, you know, there's always challenges. So it's, it's cool. Yeah. I think you're, well, not I think, you're a bigger name in the sport. So I think a lot of people are aware of like what you do. You're a women's coach at USC, right? Yep. You are a professional player in the PLL. You have your own coaching clinic series, right? Yep. Uh, first class lacrosse. First class lacrosse, yep. So, like, that's the surface level what you do, right, on your theoretical LinkedIn page. What What is your, like, what do your days look like? Uh, my my days are all... And all... you're also an ECD pro, right? Yes. So let's throw that plug out there. <laughs> Yes, uh, <laughs> the East Coast Dyes guys take great care of me. But, uh, but yeah, so my days, uh, depending on the season, like, you know, last fall and spring when we were at USC, everything was morning practices. So, you know, get up, you know, focused on that. Um, practice for a couple hours, come back in, you know, maybe some individuals, scouting, film work. Um, and then, you know, later in the afternoon or, or throughout the day, sometimes I just break that up with workouts and shooting um, it's kind of one of those things where my whole day, you know, from say 7 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m. can be just filled with different lacrosse type stuff. So it's uh -huh. never one day consistently the same things, but it's just the combination of, you know, me cutting film, me working out, shooting, um, meetings, things like that. What I've found, which is really helpful for me, is that when I do the film work, it it helps me on a lot of levels. So, you know, I use it as a teaching tool for the girls at USC, but also all the other kids I train. I use it as, you know, social media and marketing, you know, some stuff that I can cut and post and maybe post a couple breakdowns about it. And that helps kind of spread what I'm teaching, but also spreading the messages of mm -hmm. what kids need to learn on the offensive side of the ball. And then it helps me as a player because I'm just watching what guys are doing, what girls are doing, what's effective, movements, different types of offenses. And so it kind of benefits me on a lot, a lot of levels. So I actually sp spend probably a lot of my time on that stuff and cutting mm -hmm. it because, you know, it, it just 
yeah. it's like most bang for my buck almost. Yeah, you know? like, well, your whole life is lacrosse, so like capturing any of your moments, whether it be coaching or training, is kind of like your brand, right? Right. So it's like, I, I know this for me, and I didn't coach at nearly at as high of a level, but I coached the club team for a few years at UCLA as an assistant. And just having the structure of practices, and they obviously practice far less, it's club lacrosse, but showing up there and knowing that I'm going to have a stick in my hand and warming up the goalies, you know, shooting from between four and eight yards, trick right. shots. <laughs> um, but seriously, I knew I was going to have the stick in my hand and that was at least going to be reps, right? It was like I could, that was my stick work. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'd suit up for them, but that's got to be huge. Like once you start to practice, you're coaching a division one team, they're training often, you have a stick in your hand often. Like, has that been, it's a, it's a common thing in professional lacrosse to be a coach, right? You can always see a guy who works on, at a desk and you're like, eh, he's got, his lifespan is a year. But then you see a guy who's a college coach and suddenly he plays like 10 years in the league. So how much has that helped you for like the structure of staying in shape, having your mind around lacrosse? It's been huge. I mean, like I said, like I knew like, you know, every day it's, you know, two, two and a half hour practice block. And then, you know, and especially in the fall, you know, lifting three, four times a week. So like I, I would lift when the girls lift. You know, uh -huh. I got you really just lift with the team. Are you finally uh, one of the strongest, would... or what? <laughs> finally, I'm working my way up the. Uh, <laughs> hoping to get to that thousand pound club. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I would do that, and then sometimes I would hop and work out. Sometimes I would do the sprints with them. Uh -huh. and sometimes I would just you know do my own thing off to the side, and then I got really comfortable using a girl stick this whole year. Yeah, I've um, noticed you posted was, some. Yeah, which has been a lot of fun, and like I think it helps with with my hands and having softer hands and. You know, mm -hmm. it's also, you know, when I would practice with them, like I'm not, you know, trying to like just split dodge and, and shoot on the run down the alley. You know, I'm trying to be more finesse, work on skills, uh -huh. you know, work on, you know, some behind the back passing, like different things like that. And I think that's paid off. Um, so it's been exciting to have that. And that structure, like you said, has been huge. Um, just being around it and being able to come in and know like, okay, we're hitting the workouts. Yeah. You know, our, our facilities are phenomenal. You know, we share everything with football. Um, and it's just yeah. been, it's been a blast. Just the access, right? It's like when I was Huge. playing in the MLL, the gym was like 24 hour fitness, right? And it's like, A, I have no one there encouraging me, no team around you to like get pumped about and the camaraderie. And then it costs like forty nine ninety nine a month. Right. <laughs> so like, I don't know if I can, yeah. I don't know if I can swing that on this, on this cash I'm making here, but having the access to those top facilities is probably, and being around people working out right is like it's the camaraderie the environment and you're probably are you in, in terms of how you've across your career are you in some of the best shape right now yeah absolutely i'd yeah. say i'd say these last two seasons uh since i made the jump to you know we know this you know talking last year like leaving new york and uh -huh. I d did a year in finance and um, things weren't going how I wanted to lacrosse wise so making that switch mm -hmm. um, you know to do this full time and figure it out is kind of you know, brought me different opportunities and you know now I think I'm in some of my best shape and just kind of you know continuing to manage the the time time mm -hmm. management yeah. has been big but uh it's been awesome being out in LA something I never would have expected coaching yeah, division one lacrosse and you know like these facilities that we're in and you know the weight room with 30 yard 
you know, 30 by 30 turf in- indoors and whirlpool and ice bath. It's like yeah. everything that you would want as a pro <laughs> athlete. I yeah. get because I'm coaching. You're getting more you know, treatment than the student athletes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bugging all our trainers. Yeah. Like Karen, big shout out to Karen. Yeah. She's, uh, you got like girls that torn ACLs. You got a tight hammy. You get to stretch. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about Los Angeles in general? Do you like it here? I love it. I think the West Coast is awesome. You know, the thing, the two things that I have really enjoyed about being out here is one, I think people out here are, you know, super welcoming and there's been so many people that I've met that have done such a wide range of things from music and film, you know, to, you know, finance or this or that, or, you know, tech, tech sales. And while everyone does different stuff, people always seem to be interested in, in like, while it's like, okay, I'm, I'm coaching lacrosse. So many people are interested in that and they ask me questions and it's kind of this cool back and forth dialogue where I've never really felt like it matters what you do. People just matter, care about how you, you kind of treat each other. And if, mm-hmm. if you're having a good time and, and meeting new people, it's just fun to, you know, be along along the west side, which is I'm in Venice Beach. And yeah. there's a lot of different stuff going on. So that's been awesome. And, um, you know, also too just just the weather and, and yeah. kind of the experience of being out here. It's that's just, like half of it. It's, yeah. it's, all, when, it's 75% of it. It's well, like when you you're walk so happy. Out, exactly. It's like if you can't be happy in this weather, and I'm not saying I'm a perpetually happy person, right. I find a way, but it, it does like half the work for you, right? Especially if you're near the ocean. Um, 100%. You can kind of see into the psyche of people who grew up out here and things like they, they seem to be carefree in a way that it's like, what are you worried about? The sun's out and like, yeah. And in New York or Baltimore, the East Coast, that's not how it works. There's snow coming, the clouds, like, we're not happy <laughs> all the time. And you can even see it in, like, the way people drive out here. Someone who's from California, they're, like, going 40 in the left lane. You give them a honk, and they're like, what's <laughs> It's like, that's, yeah. that's the justice that we're used to when it's cloudy and snowy is, like, we got to take it out yeah. on someone. It's uh, it's way way more relaxed, and uh-huh. it's it is it's it's easy to be happy out here. And kind of you know, every time I get home from, you know, I get to coach outside, which uh-huh. is like I love that about my job. So I'm always on the field. Mm-hmm. But then I get back, and you know, it's three four o'clock, and the last thing I want to do is sit in my apartment. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to go out, walk around. Yeah. I love riding these bird scooters around, uh, and just kind of enjoying you know my time being outside and like something i'm not going to take for granted because not everyone gets that yeah exactly well that's when you go back when i go back to the east coast i like a little dose right it's like oh it's snowing over here which it, the novelty is nice for like three days and then like day five is when i'm coming back right so I'm like, oh, that's, i like it like that a small little hit 100 percent. every now and then um is De- devin wells coach at uh lindsey monday is the oh, okay. head coach was, was Devin Wells, the coach there? Yeah, she was. She's the head coach of Harvard now. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. wow. I should have done my research. I was going to say she <laughs> actually played on the New York Lizards when I was there. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, she was got the better of me many times. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about – it came up last week that you're a shooter. It's kind of like your specialty, and that's not to say that you're not talented at other things, but you just – you're particularly good at shooting. You can shoot from distance, you're accurate. The highlights of you shooting is, it has like a, a power meets grace to it where you're, you know, it's like, I wish I could shoot like this guy. <laughs> do you, um, is that something that you always like worked on specifically? Or is that, did that come, at what point were you like, wow, I'm good at shooting? 
You know, I think in high school, um, you know, when I got recruited, I think I was recruited as more of like a, you know, middle of the field athletic type player who had, um, you know, good vision, you know, could score some goals, but I wouldn't say that like goal scoring was like my, my mm-hmm. thing. Um, when I got to college, it was kind of a jump of like having to learn how to like draw slides again and like yep. be a threat yeah. because when you go from high school to college, not everyone just slides to you to slide to you. Yeah. And that was like the biggest thing I had to learn at Duke was, you know, making, you know, earning that respect and making people like want to slide. And when I finished high school, um, this guy who coached at Calvert Hall now, Tori Casemeyer, you know, I, I kind of s- seeked him out and found him, you know, right when I graduated and we started working on, on shooting and he really kind of changed the way I thought about shooting, changed a lot of my techniques and kind of cleaned up some things with my time and room. And it kind of really became a craft that us mm-hmm. two together dialed in on and focused on. And it kind of came at a time, too, where, you know, once I graduated my freshman year, you know, I was ready to kind of, you know, step up and I wanted to start and I wanted to be, you know, a great player. And, you know, that kind of, you know, goal scoring mentality was something that I just kind of keep trying to foster. And by by taking more shots, I, I improved my confidence. And once they started falling a little bit my sophomore year, it just kind of yeah. took off from there. Yeah, I, I, in doing some Googling on you, I saw you had 50 goals in a season and 200 points. It's kind of becoming a – when I'm like, oh, let's get an MLL, PLL player on the podcast, and then I, like, look them up. Just about everyone has stats that make me feel bad about my own. <laughs> so I think in looking at yours, I didn't know how prolific you were. So it's like, for from a shooting standpoint, you score 50 goals in a season. Or do you look at shooting like anyone can be a good shooter? Because that's going to make me depressed. And like, do you just need to tell me a few things and then I could do it? Because I don't shoot from beyond eight. I think, I think there's... Do you have to get them early? Do you have to, like get the kid while he's young and then he could be a good shooter can you take a 29 year old who's I believe I could take take anyone honestly I think some people have naturally better hands than other people like I look at someone like yourself and I'm like not many people could do that even if they put in the same amount of time that you did just Uh I think like you have some of the softest hands of anyone that I've played with so that's like that is some of that natural you know, ability yeah. in terms of catching and quick uh-huh. release and things like that. Shoot, so I have all the prerequisites that could have made me a good outside shooter. But I, I think that the biggest thing that I believe when it comes to shooting is it's about consistency uh-huh. and kind of having like a, a little bit of a system and a method that you buy into. Because especially when you watch the game now and, and you watch guys like Connor Fields and you watch guys like Lyle Thompson and, and there's there's so many great players that are great at playing different styles mm-hmm. as a kid I would imagine now you, you want to try to do all these different things but when you're also trying a lot of different things how do you become really good at one or two mm-hmm. if you have to kind of you can only there's only 24 hours in a day and you can't really realistically practice lacrosse for more than two three hours in a day mm-hmm. if you want to get good focused work yeah, yeah. So it's like you have to manage like your time and like how are you going to spend your time and what are you going to work on? And so I think when it comes to shooting, like when you're working on it, are you trying 50 different types of shots and you're doing each of them three or four times? Or are you, you know, hammering 
you know, an overhand release where you can stick four different spots with the same type of shot Shoot. and working on your steps. Like, it, I think that's how I kind of think about it. I'm, I went the wrong route, man. I was majoring. <laughs> it's in not, it's not wrong. It's just different. Well, it's like I could make you, if you give me one rep, I could do, shoot overhand and make you think I was pretty good at it. Right. So uh, and I, you could, and and it's just but like I never hammered the, you know what I mean? If you gave me like a hundred over, I mean, if you give me one 10 yard open overhand shot in a game, I'm winding up and then I'm, I'm looking for the one more. <laughs> so I very much did what you're saying not to do. Just, yeah. Just try different, yeah. different stuff. I mean, from, I remember from us playing together last year, like the thing that I loved about your game is that you have so many different release points. You know what I mean? You can catch it low, you can shoot it low, you can catch it high, you can you can manipulate goalies in a lot of different ways. And I think that it, it takes like a like a high level player like yourself to know that there's a time and a place for different things. Mm -hmm. But it's if you only get six shots in a game, how are you going to shoot those six shots? And even if you're shooting them all the the same way, like your percentages with goalies making saves. You know, and it starts yeah. it starts to be a numbers game. Uh, yeah, yeah, for and sure. And so it's like, especially if you're a shooter, right? It's right. Like, if you're a guy who's like, this is where I'm effective. There's nowhere to hide. It's like, what's your shooting percentage, right? So it's like, if you're if a jack of all trades type of player could have like five assists, that's a, an effective day. But for the guy who's like the shooter on the team, which you often are, but you have, like you said you have vision, you have other assets to your game that are valuable, but you are one of the best shooters around. So a lot of guys probably do, when a goalie does well against you, right. he's probably like, yeah, I got him. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, I, I actually get these chirps a lot, like the last two years of like, oh, you teach this, like, this is what you do. Uh. Like, how'd you miss that shot? Like, yeah. and I'm like, you know, it just comes with the territory. And I've, I've put myself out there more in the yeah. past six months in terms of social media and like sharing what I teach because I know it helps yeah. and I've gotten the feedback that it helps. So that kind of kind of keeps pushing me to do that. But I know that there's people out there that want to see me go over seven yeah. and want to see me make mistakes. Yeah. And it's it's not easy to kind of deal with that, but like it just is what it is. And yeah. I I try to like handle myself to where I'm not like making myself you know, isolated where people are like, this guy's a jerk and I, I want uh -huh. him to mess up. Yeah. But there's always those people out there and you compete. And so that's what happens when you kind of, you know, you're putting yourself out yeah. there as like, I'm teaching a craft. Exactly. Well, you I've know? got, I got that consistently if I missed a pass, kind of like, oh, there's no wall out here or like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. And it's, you know, valid. You know what I mean? If you're going to put stuff out there, that says you have a good shooter or good hands, come and do your work on game day. Right. So like that was always particularly scathing when yeah. someone got me with that. Uh, it's, I know. <laughs> I remember I, I joked about this with uh, with uh, John Galloway a uh -huh. couple of weeks ago um, last year when we were playing them uh, for, you know, Atlanta and the Rattlers. You know, I, I took a shot or two from man up, and, and John's, like, yelling to Joel White, like, this is what he does for a living. Like, he thinks he's a shooter. Like, I'm just like, damn it. Like, I, you know, and yeah, I joke score. about it because John's just a competitive dude, and it's, like, and it's funny. And, like, you know, he, he actually texted me saying that, like, one of the videos I was throwing up was, like, helpful for his guys, and he worked on it with his guys at Jacksonville. And that was, like, really cool affirmation for me that's, like, you know, people are taking note of some of the things I'm putting out there. Yeah, um, sure. But it is, like, it's, like, a funny metric. But it's also one of those things where I think it's unique for any, any guy or girl right now who's playing and coaching is how many, how many people can say that they're playing a profession, at a professional level 
while still working with kids mm-hmm. and like being able to relate to them. Yeah. You know, like I like I went over whatever in, in the game a couple of weeks ago, and I can share that message and that story with the kids I'm training. Yeah. And be like, hey man, like I screwed up too. Yeah. You know, it's not just one of them probably brought it up. Sign yeah. Your game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's not just me sticking like targets on Instagram all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. I went over three. Yeah. I took a bad shot. I settled exactly. for this, and and I think kids appreciate that because think about how many kids are you know gonna go through that like everyone goes through that yeah so. and the exposure of the game like the mll didn't have as good of exposure hopefully they up their game as the pll has but with the mll sometimes you could get away with it where people would be like how'd you play this weekend in my mind didn't dress uh, it went pretty well <laughs> like, didn't play just don't worry about it they didn't watch it on television this you know they got they're not going down that wormhole to find the stats so i just give yeah it was a pretty good weekend <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i had fun i was i was in atlanta hanging out you know we, yeah, we, we got a good dinner <laughs> it was good overall um here's a question when when you shoot are you like aiming for a spot because there are certain shooters where when you watch the replay the goalie wasn't in a spot and you shot it there with what appeared to be conviction, and that's not how I do it. Um, so, are you aiming? Yes, I I think of, I think of just keep the cage in like kind of four boxes, top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right, and they're pretty big targets. Like oh, I yeah. I have a problem of being like trying to be too perfect yeah. when I shoot, yep. just trying to pipe it in because I practice it so much where I think I can yeah. hit that, yeah. and that's like that competitive side, but. Exactly. But yeah, I, I aim for those four spots, and I, I think the the beauty about the way I try to shoot, which is you know the same as like uh, my buddy Ryan Brown, is like we try to make our releases so that you give yourself more margin for error. Yeah. So like if I'm going top right, but I'm going overhand, and I pull it too much, like it looks like I took a sick off hip shot. Yeah. And I was not aiming for exactly. off hip. So I try to do that to where I give myself a bigger cushion to make a mistake. Um, and that's why I, I, that's kind of like that foundation back to that consistency that yeah. I talked about. But yeah, I, I had a I had a college kid uh, that I trained a month or two ago ask me like, "Hey, are you aiming when you shoot?" And I kind of laughed at him. I was like, "Yeah, like that's all I do every day is sit around and well, like, like, pick spots." It's almost like a dumb question by me to ask that, but yeah. I, I knew you did aim, and I wanted to know more your specific yeah. philosophy about it. And it makes sense, like if you're aiming right near the pipe, your margin for error is smaller to miss on the outside. It's pretty yeah. simple, but it's just interesting for me because my policy has always been to just kind of wing it, it or get close enough to the goal where you can kind of just chuck it or be so close to the goalie that I can just put it around him. You right. know, So it's yeah. like, I don't have to really place it. I just have to like slam it around him. Yep. So to watch someone who scores with accuracy and intent is like so opposite what i'm used to that it's interesting yeah when i watch and it's like wow top right was open and he pinned it top right and it's it watching someone who can shoot as well as you can make me like i said regret not becoming a shooter (laughs) because (laughs) i would get it if i'm outside eight i'm not i'm not shooting it yeah like it's just you can go back real far in my career I, i think i took one really far out shot and it was when i thought the goalie wasn't looking on a fake flip and he was looking and he caught it <laughs> and i was like yeah that's why i don't yeah. go from out here yeah i mean it, it's funny though because i i re- remember when we were playing together last year like with with the skills that you have in terms of the the twisters and the leaners and stuff like that like all the skills that you gained like from playing on the wall and being creative that stuff that i've tried to add more into my game into my teaching 
the last year or so is like more of this deception mm-hmm. when when I shoot, I'm like stepping one one way, shooting another, you know, trying to manipulate head and shoulders, and that's where you know that doing that also from farther out would extend your range more than you would kind of think. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So uh-huh. it's it's like it's been it's been fun for me like playing with some of these guys or a lot of box players and stuff to just watch them kind of do their whatever they do and they might not even like think about it because they've just done it their whole lives and then I kind of see it and try to break it down and learn it and teach myself and then I can mm-hmm. maybe teach others as yeah. well. Um, yeah, it's a good philosophy. And like I said, just go back in time and call up Deemer class. I could have been way better. <laughs> um, why'd you go to Duke? I went to Duke because of it was like this gut feeling when I went to campus between oh, okay. between the staff and between the guys that I met. I, I saw myself really fitting in mm-hmm. and I and I was really wanting, you know, I felt like I had a chip on my shoulder from Duke being the only ACC school that recruited me. And I wanted to compete in the ACC, which I think is the best conference in the in the country. And I'm, I'm biased, but I, mm-hmm. I stick by that. Well, I mean, that that's true. Yeah. Like three years ago. This year it was the Ivy League, but you can, it you goes can keep riding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can kind of say UVA beat. And I, yeah. They, you know, whoever wins it all is like. Right. Yeah. So this year I'll give it to you. But, uh, but so that was, that was big for me and just, you know, going it's down true. south. There was a lot of like, like factors. But when it came down to it, it was just like, this is a place where I could see myself like thriving because I, I like who I'm around. Uh-huh. I, I love the coach's message. And then, it turned, it turned out to be great because it was something I bought into. I was all in when I was there and absolutely loved my time. So, I personally strongly despise Duke <laughs> because you guys are good, right? It's like successful yeah. enemies, classic, and it's an easy team to hate because of how perennial guys are welding things back there, um, how good you guys always are. Um, we actually went down and got killed by you guys, I think, my freshman year. And it was just like... What year was that? I think 2009. Not I think. It was 2009. But it was... We were already losing to a lot of other teams, but that was like, uh, okay, this is... These are the boys here. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Did they win it that year, 2009? Uh, they won I think 10. the following year. 10 yeah. was the first championship. So, like, that was an eye-opener of, like, the talent yeah. at Duke. and over the course of there oh how many final fours just consecutive final fours that have they made it was it was eight in a row because i know because my like junior, that's just my annoying. junior year so you can't blame that. me for for hating duke and i remember oh, yeah. watching like you guys in college and it was like you'd lose early or something I'd be like yeah they'll they'll be around in the final four yeah so did you guys have a sense that you were hated in that way? Because I can assure you, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know we hated other teams, so I- Who'd you I, hate? You uh, hate like the UVAs? Notre Dame and UVA uh-huh. were our two big ones. Uh, we had competitive games with them. You know, we had, it was just, you know, between, what is it? 10 guys on the field, 11 guys? Mm-hmm. 20 guys on the field that were just like wanting to compete, probably got recruited the same spots. like ultra ultra competitive mm-hmm. guys from yeah. the same similar areas yeah. like and you know same conference like this and that and it was just they were competitive games and like that's why i went there like to play in those yeah, yeah, games yeah, yeah. well and, that's uh, you won two national championships right and it's like 
you'd probably say that the, those were the most meaningful moments, right? So when you're talking yeah. to someone who didn't win any national championships, I'm like, well, is it meaning less? No, it's a, I found my meaning in the struggle to try to get right. a national championship. So going to a school where you got two, it's tough to, I mean, I can hate all I want, but you're, you've got two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how many did you get, man? It was, I also, I, so I grew up in Maryland and uh, like everyone in Maryland is diehard Terps yeah. and hates Duke all because yeah. of basketball. Uh -huh. And so it was actually like a cool thing for me to where there weren't many guys, there's not many guys from Maryland that go to Duke to play. Uh -huh. uh, a lot of guys go to UNC, UVA, Maryland, you know, you name it. Um, you know, there, I only had two teammates on, on my roster when I was there who were from my conference in high school. And so it was cool for me to go down there. I had my uncle would be like, I hate Duke. I hate Duke. And he was, he was joking with me, but I was like, yeah, he like good. But like, <laughs> and I, it was cool to like, you know, I was a big Duke basketball fan and like, uh -huh. it was always exciting for me to see how they handled all that. And I was like, I'm sure we get that too. So it was, it was cool to you know, kind of be a part of that and like, you know, feel like it was just our our squad versus like all the outsiders who wanted to just say what they wanted. You yeah. Know? I think usually you got, you know, ending up in the final four, eight consecutive times shows that that mindset is working in some way. Right. Right. It's like you guys were banding together as like the, the top dog. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I remember watching you in college and you scored a lot of goals you celebrated after your goals i can't remember if you had like a custom celebration <laughs> or like you just found something different each time did you have one that it was like it, it depends on the year i mean i know that miles and i like our sophomore year we <laughs> tried to like celebrate together a few times yeah. like we did a little like what was it the johnny manzel like one of these what's that oh i hate it yeah I like it. like some of that and like it was one of those things where <laughs> i like I look back and I, I honestly wish I did it more. Okay. Just because like, and I, I think it's a, it's a funny time to talk about this too with the U.S. women's team and their celebrations, like Which, Alex Morgan and, you know. Oh, like, I didn't see it. You didn't see that? Well, but just to like backtrack slightly, in the comparison of this thing is on way too high and I've probably been clipping the whole time. Um, in the comparison of, Yep, I've had the mic on too high just about the whole time. Someone finagled it. Um, <laughs> comparison of lacrosse versus um, soccer. That's a, a great example. Soccer, there's like four goals a game. Right. So this, you know, making a sacrament of the celebration, it makes sense. And when someone tunes into a game, they're waiting for that. They're celebrating that moment just like you are. Yeah. So in a, in a sport like ours where there's 30 goals a game, where's the line right it's like and i'm not someone who says just act stoic and don't do anything <laughs> yeah but when someone goes over the top i'm kind of like well that's one of 30 goals in the right. game like wh how do we i see both sides uh -huh. i i completely agree and and I, it's one of those things too where sometimes when i'm on the other team i hate that guy uh-huh well yeah. like, that guy's a jerk yeah and, it's and then like, when I, it's on my team or this or that yeah. and like and we're winning it's like we're having fun for sure and i think there's that balance of like you know sure like you could you could talk about the celebrations and the excessiveness and stuff but at the same time like you only get so many years and opportunities to play a game and you're lucky enough to be out here doing what you want like if you're not having fun 
like yeah maybe there's a couple times that you kind of take it over the top but like <laughs> it's like it's fun to be out there and i like yeah. think about those moments a lot and i'm like wow like i might never get a chance to like you know be in a final four again yeah you know like i i <laughs> regret my sophomore year i was thinking about doing the ray lewis dance because we were in m&t bank uh-huh. and we were playing denver in the semis and i had yeah. a couple goals and they they told me to tune it down a little bit and i i didn't the powers it. that be told you to yeah and i well, the, the referees and i so i just didn't do it and well, I, it's a, I regret it <laughs> it's a, like hearing you talk about it like that and like hearing me be like well there's 30 goals a game where do you draw the line soccer there's four in in soccer it makes sense like some people would be like oh maybe you're now your point about it is making me kind of pushing your direction where i'm like maybe when someone does a celebration i'm just jealous that they scored the goal yeah yeah <laughs> i mean there could be a lot of reasons and i the reason i think i've changed a little bit uh-huh. is because i've been like, i've been really fascinated with twitter lately more than Instagram because Twitter, I think it's interesting to hear the dialogue and see what people say. Mm-hmm. And you can really expand on your thoughts. Yep. And every time now, the thing that bothers me about society is anything that happens, everyone has all these judgments and passes judgments really hard and just says ridiculous things on the internet. And because they're not confronted like face to face, like yep. things that they would For never sure. say to someone. Yeah. And so like, when I saw the stuff about, you know, Alex Morgan and the celebrations, like, I understand that... What was... Sorry, I don't... So, so they... The first one came up, it was... They were up 13-0 oh. in the first round of the World Cup. Like, you could say all the facts. That's like, closer to a lacrosse game. <laughs> yeah. They, like, celebrated really hard. People were freaking out about it. And then it kind of turned into this, you know, like, a feminist movement, like, against people wouldn't be saying this if a men's team yeah. celebrated hard uh-huh. 13-0, which yep. I didn't agree with, but... It was just more, there was so much controversy about it. And then I was just kind of going back and forth. And I was like, who am I to like sit here and judge this person so hard for celebrating in a game? Like, I would actually love that opportunity to be on that stage yeah. and do that and for millions of people. To not like, celebrate. So if it's 13 to 0, to treat it as this mundane thing that doesn't warrant right. celebration is almost more of a smack in the face. There's another goal. It's, it's Let's a do sport. Like, you trained for four years yeah. for this. Yeah, and like, it wastes a little bit of time to end the game sooner in soccer <laughs> yeah, if it's already like, a pummeling. You, you know could, what I mean? You could stack the reasons, but it just – that kind of mentality of where I'm, I'm starting to just get kind of frustrated seeing people pass so much judgment on things that they're not involved with and don't Certainly. affect their life. Yeah. Like, I don't – And that you don't know about. Yeah. Right? I, at the Everyone's end of the day. Everyone's got to know about something. It's like saying you don't know – is far smar- smarter often yes. than spitting some regurgitation le- <laughs> of what you quickly Googled. I learned that out in my fi- I learned that in my finance interviews. Everyone said, you know, don't try and BS your stock pitch. If you if they ask you about it, if you say a company, now we're getting into the real lacrosse <laughs> chat here. Stock yeah. pitch. If you say like a company and and then you know someone's just like you know they know all about it, like don't yeah. put your foot in your mouth and like try and act like you know things that you don't like they know more than you and I, I think it's a great lesson it learn. is I did one one interview <laughs> for a, a New York more serious job it was in between my junior and senior year of college and everyone's getting internships I didn't like I had played lacrosse after, in Canada after my freshman year sophomore year I spent a lot doing like camps um, and 
other, you know, clinics and things like right. that. And then, you know, everyone in my grades like, yeah, I'm getting an internship here, here, you know, rattle off your top companies. I didn't have anything. So I, I like went to a few interviews and one, I forgot to shit, like I forgot to shave. <laughs> I've never had yeah. a pronounced beard, but I had stubble. I forgot a tie, so I had to run and get the tie. And I was sweating when I walked in and the guy within one minute was asking me questions that I was like, I'm, I'm not really sure. Because I didn't know even enough to lie like I did. Right. And he thought it was funny. He was like, you really know nothing, do you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm willing to learn. Like, I've got a, you know, a good work ethic in mind here. Um, and he found that endearing. And I actually could have, thankfully I didn't, because that sounds like it's not a good fit for me. But admission that I didn't know anything played well for me because yeah. he appreciated that I didn't come in with some. It's refreshing. Like, it's, yeah, it's different. It's, back to the celebrations thing. I don't want to harp on it too much, but just my thoughts swirling now. And it's like, like you said, I'm just here. I'm not in the game. I'm just judging someone for doing something. But I'm not judging the act. Like, I don't think the act of, you know, do whatever the name your celebration it's more that with the how like the PLL for example and sports in general the the minute you know the game is being filmed and how widespread it is a thinking mind knows well this is everyone's going to see this right so you score you know that people are seeing this <laughs> yeah. and you're on a stage and you're doing it so it speaks to the psychology of the person when they score a goal and then follow it up with something that's like call it showboaty, call it sheer, you can easily spin it to be like, I was just excited. Like, really? And what came out was like a Dougie. Um, but my thing is that like people know and they're planning yeah. and they're using the, the a goal is a, a whatever, a avenue to Platform, like, yeah, yeah kind of just be like, look at me. And that's not a, a you, like I said, you could rationalize the other side where it's like, so what? What if you do? What if that's your goal? You want people to see the goal, and you want to see the celebration. But in my um, humble opinion, which is also an opinion, um, the type of person that does things like that is not doing it out of sheer excitement. Right. Some of them are doing it oh, out of yeah, narcissism. That. So that that's my side of it. But I don't want to be like no celebrating. I'm just curious to get yeah. as someone you you your celebrations are below the level of like they're modest right they're quick they're so I wanted to get your take on like what if someone went really up where's the line if someone like ran into the corner and did some <laughs> soccer stuff what like would you be like dude that's too much yeah I mean I would like uh -huh. I I do think I would and I think also as a coach like I think ah. I would hold and I think that's that's probably funny for me like I could sit here as a player and I'm yeah. like can feel this one way as a player and I'm like yeah like I scored a goal, like it was a big goal, like I'm the man, like that guy was chirping me, you know, five minutes ago and I just stuck one in his ear, like, uh -huh. but then it's also, then I have that coach side of me yeah. now that's so growing that's a, yeah, and, and I have a, kids that are watching and I'm like, there's that balance. And so I think again, I'm like teaching them, like maybe there's a time and a place, maybe there's a balance to it all. Like you want to be excited and I get you worked hard and you stuck something that like you've been working on yeah but at the same time like you're just you just disrespected your opponent like, yeah it's such an interesting and I don't think everything's created equal either like I yeah. think there's a lot of like you could have different opinions in different times exactly. and it's like 
I just think that's where when I'm saying like I don't get mad that people have opinions on Twitter I just think it's always can be hard to like know everything that's going on in the situation and just like there can be more to it that doesn't always meet the Certainly. eye. And to see the other side of it, right? Like, I'm over here saying, like, some some people celebrate so hard that I'm like, eh, it was a little far. But I'm not under the impression that that's wrong. I'm not like, you know, you should do it my way. I'm just like, well, what do you think about the psychology of someone who chooses to do that? And, right. like, where's the line? Yeah, Which it's is interesting it, And it's to interesting think. to get – I didn't think of it, but from a, someone who's a coach and a player – you are, you know, scoring on your own, playing against guys who are scoring and celebrating, but then you're also trying to coach young women and what like you yeah. need to set an and example men, for yeah. them and it's yeah, like everyone. if you don't want them doing like a dab meets superman meets <laughs> then you can't do it. Right. You know what I mean? So you're yeah. a good person to hear from because you have to yeah. like you said, young kids, you're a college coach. Definitely. It's always been a I like to get people's take on it. Yeah, that. it's interesting too because I think the the one thing with that stuff is not everyone can always be and I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying mm-hmm. not everyone can always be mature enough to mm-hmm. do stuff like that and then stay like focused on the task at hand. Yeah. You know, I, and I think that's always too like figuring out yourself and figuring out like a player like sometimes like guys get and girls get really fired up in the moment. And they like want to chirp a little bit, but then that takes away from their focus on the game. But some players like they can chirp and talk smack or celebrate, and it like feeds their kind of persona Definitely. in game, and they play better yes. from it. Though that's and so I think that there's some of that going on too, where like if I have a player that celebrates and she she scored a sick goal, I'm like heck yeah, because yeah. I'm fired up too. Because you know they're gonna go off, and I, and I know they're they're rolling and they're feeling confident. But if I get the sense that maybe now you're like you think it's going to be easy uh-huh. or you're like a little yeah. entitled or this or that yeah. like or then you I'm, did it then I'm cracking like inorganically that, like, as a display right or you see a camera over there and you're going up to the camera yeah. because we ha- someone hired a content exactly. pr- producer I'm like okay like you better rein it in here you're still in college oh. you're not trying to build your brain like yeah but whatever. that is that is a good example of like the spectrum of personalities and like some of this is more organic and sets people on fire to yeah to do so better. I think I think you just Especially as a coach, you probably have to be just mindful of it. Know your players, know uh-huh. know who what yeah. who they are and what they're doing, so that like you can, you know, reel it in if you need to, so that it doesn't hurt your team. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the end of the day. You still want to make sure you win the game. Yeah, and so right. you know, we'll move on from celebrations. But I think that was <laughs> it's a fun conversation. It was, it was a, well, it was a good discussion of it because. Yeah. Like I said, you move my needle a little bit towards like, shoot, I should have like done some yeah. stuff. <laughs> no, nah, I've always been like. No, I a, respect. I respect that about you. Like you always go about your business and like. I've done subtle, uh, some subtle celebrations, but like, I I'm just at this end of the needle. But your yeah. pitch on celebrations is a valid one. Like if we we're in court right now, I'd be like, I don't know, like this guy's kind of. <laughs> the jury. We'll let the yeah, jury decide. We'll let the people decide. Um, here's another question that has to do with. Uh, how ubiquitous the documenting of lacrosse is becoming. So like every um, PLL game practice, or not practice, I apologize, uh, game is like, there's cameras everywhere. Locker room, huddles. There are certain guys who it's like, they don't wanna be on camera, right? Um, And you don't see as much of them. Like it's a self-fulfilling thing where it's like, okay, this guy says, rah-rah stuff and we put the camera on him so we see more of him um 
Do is there? This is a total theory of mine, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. There's a lot of chefs in the kitchen, from like huddles and like leadership standpoint. Is that a product of like there's a camera here? Like I know this is going to be documented. Let's go, boys! Like come on, you know what I mean? Like normally on a team when there's no cameras, it's like all right, well who's the captain? I'm not saying that there's that everyone isn't free to speak, but there's like a a hierarchy where it's like yeah, he, this guy's the captain, he's the leader. Is are the is the fact that things are being documented making the guys who don't like that kind of be like miss me with the cameras and the guys who want to eternalize a moment giving a rah-rah speech? You know, I, I can't speak to, uh, to other teams because obviously you know, mm. everyone's got their own like leadership dynamics and things like that. I think for our team, um, you know, I think we have a combination of uh, like, you know, like Miles is great in front of the camera. Mile, you know, Miles has, you know, that personality and, and he's, you know, one of the faces of the league. And at the same time, we also have someone like a Brody Merrill as a leader, um, you know, who's, you know, an older player who's not, you know, necessarily concerned with the cameras and things like that. I don't really see him on the camera. Right. You, you don't. And, and But he, you know, he, I think, and Miles, too, I, and I think everyone on our team is has been pretty true to themselves in those moments. You know, I think the, the goal of winning and stuff has been, you know, a good focus for our team. And I think we have a lot of guys who, you know, are pretty egoless, you know, as possible for an athlete, like mm -hmm. yeah. to, to where, you know, people aren't not saying things or are, are saying things just because of the, the cameras. You mm -hmm. know, I think, and I think you even see that with our head coach to where he's been pretty true to like who he is, like coach towers, like mm -hmm. in your face, rah, rah, like, saying cuss words like when there was a camera there like the first week when everyone freaked out about it mm -hmm. like so I think for our team it's been cool because guys have I do think haven't been too concerned with with that when it comes to those mm -hmm. leadership moments yeah I could see that being I mean just the logical mind right now there's a camera rolling right so it's like what we're saying is being documented <laughs> right. that's on my mind and on yours so yeah. you're filtering at least in a small way when you're in a sports game and playing, that's being documented. When you're in the huddle, it's all, so whether or not it's on people's minds isn't a question. People know. But if you're, if you're feeling your team, it's bringing out, a tr it's almost like everyone's being themselves and the cameras aren't affecting at all. That's pretty healthy. Yeah, I think, and I think it has been. I think the, you know, what you could probably say would maybe be a little different would be uh -huh. like the sideline stuff like guys just turning and talking to the camera during a game it's like well you would never be doing that if a camera wasn't there and so like if you're of turning course, yeah. to the camera yeah. like are you really even is what you're about to say like really that true or are you just kind of like you, you know want it's going to gonna be a good sound bite that, when, when see, it's mic'd up every week exactly like, and it, it th there's the line right it's like are you capturing authentic sound bites or is this person giving you a sound bite as a product of it being documented which is like, I'm sure they'll find the balance in the PLL because I'm also sure, and I know personally players that don't want the camera in their face, right? right? And it, but it also seems like organically, organically or not, they don't get the camera in their face. So some got, maybe it happened once where they came up and were like, yo, say, 100%. let's go. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, get out of here. 
And then it was like, okay, he's not our guy. And they move on to someone who's <laughs> yeah, like. That definitely, ha- that definitely happens. Like, because you, it's like one of those things where it is, you know, the social media is like that kind of impression-based business and view-based. So it's like if something outperforms, like, okay, maybe we should do this again. Like, maybe it's because that guy is funnier and has a bigger fan base. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. I, you know, I think what's, you know, key for any of that stuff is like it has to be genuine. Yeah. You know, and I think in terms of like long, long lasting stuff, if you're if you're capturing those genuine moments and it's and like if a if a guy is not a rah rah guy and sits there and says something like even like us, like very kind of even keeled but like thoughtful. Yep. Maybe that doesn't like blow up in views, but that's gonna be critical yeah, to sure. capturing a broad base of the people that are in your league or in your uh-huh. business, you yeah. know, or whatever it is, yeah. like that's that's crucial. So, you know, I think as long as that yeah. stuff gets and some people are captured. clearly uh, more adept at being genuine on camera. Like a large percentage of people, once you set them up for an interview and the camera's rolling, it's like sweat beads, and they're like, yeah. "I went to Duke," and it's like, <laughs> "Buddy, we're just hanging out here." Yeah. But like, and I'm not immune to that. I've had times where I'm doing an interview or whatever where like I'm nervous and. Right. I'm not, I'm like, shoot, I know my thoughts are capable of being better than what I'm spewing out right now, but it's like the uh, guys who are not as talented at, at that are either not going to be on camera or get loose enough to where like you actually are getting their organic right. selves. And it's you like, can like relax, like it's just like... Classic 50, the last 50% of an interview, you're like, all right, that's usable. The first 50%, <laughs> it's like... He's sweating heavily, and yeah. well, he's... Well, I do that regard. I'm always sweating, so... He, well, yeah, you're just a meathead. Um, <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's actually discuss the... Well, before we get into the PLL more specifically, your, um, your, like, online brand, and like you said, you're constantly cutting up videos, giving tutorials. Is that naturally who you are? Like, are you having to push in the direction of being on camera more than you'd like? Or are you someone who it's like that comes naturally for you? So, so for me, um, since high school, being interviewed and speaking my genuine thoughts has always come pretty natural, um, and I got better at that. You know, especially at, at being at Duke and things like that. What I would say is like maybe the more like kind of off the cusp, just like talking into like, hey, this is like what I'm doing right now, like. <laughs> that that kind of vlog style story style stuff has been like a little bit of a work in progress but the reason i've kind of done that just under some guidance of people is to like maybe like show them a little bit about who i am that's not just like mm-hmm. and this is how you do the hitch dodge yeah. and you have to do this this and this and people, yeah. like you always think i'm so serious but yeah. like people that play for me or play with me know that like i have a pretty goofy side to uh-huh. like and i can just get get kind of like slap happy and like i could still lock it in but like that's that's like where I think that stuff kind of has helped yeah. me a little bit. And I've, you know, I've just have made more of an effort in the last few months to like get me on camera teaching the things, which I feel natural. It's like, it's like teaching kids. Mm-hmm. Like if, if there was 10 kids right there versus one video camera, I can kind of teach the same, same kind of way. So I do feel comfortable the, doing that. The teaching is different. The, a vlog and no offense to any vloggers in general, but like, part of the what you the shtick is like let's take this we all know what a moment in most people's lives is like it's relatively boring but you need to be like 
we're out here. You need to yeah. get jacked up, right? It's, it's not like easy. You can't carry a, a video if you're just like, oh, I'm out here on the field. So you do have to have a bit of like, uh, here we go. What's up, guys? Like, you have to <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, and, and it's for, not for, easy Yeah, time. well, you're a genuine guy, so you have to like, like finding that switch between like, or that balance between, listen, I don't want to go so over the top where I'm like <laughs> yeah. vlogging so hard or that people- where it's out of my Yeah, character. where people that yeah. know you are like, yo, did you see Deemer vlogging that hard? <laughs> um, but We're gonna like do you it said, this weekend, so <laughs> you have to, you have to I, keep me posted. I, I trust that you'll, what I see will be like <laughs> a pretty good intersection of you making an entertaining video and yourself. Right. Um, but it's just interesting to get, because some guys, given how, like you said, the social media metrics, all that, is huge and then you get some guys who it's like well he's got a lot of goals but he's got like 800 followers but it's like dude just post more and you could be a big name in the sport but some guys are like mm, i'm good with yeah. just being effective on the field so For i just sure. wanted your take whether or not like because you have a pretty good following um so like did that come as a product of you veering towards like posting more than you're comfortable with but it seems like it's pretty organic for you yeah it, it definitely like the my following is is built a lot like it's the, it's been something i have focused on but like it's also it hasn't been focused purely on me and playing yeah. like i think if you follow my page you'd realize too a lot of what i post about is like the kids i'm working with and yep. educational yeah and that's kind of like i think um you know like tyler steinhardt who's the director of content for the pll kind of broke it down for me he, his opinion real quick was like you could sort content into three things like you could sort it into like uh humor like education like slash like utility and then there was like one other mm -hmm. bucket or like sentiment like uh feelings like happy like happy sad whatever uh -huh. so i kind of like i think i fall into that um it seems like a generalization that, but that like I, utility I like educational uh -huh buckets that's right i kind of focused on that do you analyze a picture if you're like this is a picture of me and my family are you like all right this is sentimental and therefore like <laughs> no. th this is of that category no i'll post that like that's like my family i'm like not gonna not post my no family. i know that i just mean like do you like which one of those do you notice between posts oh i got more followers after this and does that in turn dictate what you post oh uh, a little bit yeah. yeah like i know like when i started doing some of my like breakdown stuff and it's some of that those posts like really mm -hmm. blew up. I was like, this like is definitely catching people's attention. So like I need to do some more of it. And like it kind of builds. And yeah. now it's like, well, that style of stuff is what I've been funneling into my online training business, which I'm trying to build up. And like, I didn't like you asked me two years ago, like people talked to me about online training, uh -huh. but like that didn't really take form for me until the last couple of months as I've seen like this stuff like be of use. Yeah. Well, people. that's that's the big a big upside of that genre of posts and that would fall into educational i believe yeah, yeah. in the thirds <laughs> um is that like you're gaining more followers because of that but its utility is also helping people yes. like if i would post like a wall ball video a few years back it would get like the most views of my posts and i would get more followers after and then like for a brief period i was like oh i found myself wanting to post more of that but then i had to be like man now i'm doing it because like I want the followers right. and like I don't have anything new to do like I haven't improved it's like am I gonna post right. another thing of me doing the same thing so I had to find the balance between like why am I posting this absolutely and is it to chase a following when like I'm throwing I'm literally throwing a ball off a wall this doesn't <laughs> even like but it's wild because so many kids like 
well, yeah, in the last I, 10 years would be like, oh, Matt Gibson I'm wall glad, ball see, videos. That's, that's redeeming that's like, for me that it has value beyond that in the way that your instructional videos right. have. Because you've been doing like breakdown videos, right? Is that because I saw you did something with Sideline Swap, which is founded by two of my dear friends. Yeah, so um, I'll do like, I did like some film breakdowns for them, like offensive, uh-huh. like half field stuff. And then I'll do like some individual technique, like the one that like everyone talked a bunch about this spring was like the answer move where it's just like a step back like flip your hips and shoot it like mm-hmm. basically a canadian type move where you only play with one like a hand. reverse hitch almost? oh like um face dodge and then when you step away you like pull it back to the stick back to the oh, inside and shoot it yeah, 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 like yeah stuff like guys have done like yep. really skilled guys have done for a just while but like down. kind of breaking it down like kind of coining it like coach caputo you know told us that in uh in college but just like bringing that to like life a little bit to where you could have that really skilled guy who just does does stuff yeah but and now it's like, like all these other that? kids yeah. can like work on it because maybe they're not that like like creative in their minds of like what you could do Spontaneity. but seeing it yeah someone do it hey now i can go practice that like maybe they're a little more you know technical in their yeah. approach to the game like, exactly so it's just you know that was just like interesting for me to see that so i'll, I'll do a lot of that stuff yeah. or like explain like okay, this guy drove really hard this way, and because he rolled back, the slide did this. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, people want to learn that stuff, and there's a lot of, you know, people out there that are like, okay, oh, I was trying to tell that to my kids, and they, but the way that you said it was, like, really helpful and different, so yeah, thank you. Well, that's like, good. It's that's like awesome. that's, that's a good form of, like, just content that you're making, if it's helping people like that, and they, you hear them in person telling you that, it, like, feels good better to make it right because yeah. you're like all right well i know that this is reaching it gives me people. more it's more filling that like something i'm spending my time on is like yeah not just dollars it's actually yeah. like gratification that like a kid can like have a better uh-huh. whatever he's trying to do yeah just because of something that i'm doing that might just be like natural to me like i yeah some of these things like i've learned and it's like i could take that for granted that it like came easy exactly. like, not easy but like, i worked at different things but like you know, even through high school, like, you know, some of the things that I could probably do and a lot of college commits could probably do maybe like didn't come so easy to everyone. And so it's like to, to be able to share that, I think has been the more filling part of what I'm doing. And uh-huh. like we talked about, like, it's not me saying that my way is the only way. Mm-hmm. There's a it's lot just of, the best way. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the first class way. Well, but, but for real, that is big. Like being able to, to have a double drive of getting a following that's going to help you earn your living and helping people is like the real line. Like if you were to post a video of you just hitting that corner right here, that could pump on social media and you could pull some rationalization out of the hat that, well, yeah, I'm a good shooter. This is going to inspire kids to be able to shoot like me, but it's not as objectively helpful as some of these videos that you're making, which is cool. So you're going to keep making those. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm, I have this private, uh, Instagram account that I've been, it's more subscription based now, so you uh, can sign ooh. up for that. Um, ooh, I've never. I'll show you it, you know, after. Yeah, I'm not paying for it, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll I'll sign up. And what do you want to plug the name? It's uh, well, it's called FCL Online, and basically all you have to all do is FCL just FCL Online. And you just have to go to my my page, like my first class Which lacrosse it, page, okay. and just at first class lacrosse. Yep, and you'll see like the the sign up link for it, and like once you sign up, I give you access. Mm-hmm. It's basically an app but 
you know, I'm using Instagram because it's a way to kind of, you know, prove the concept and make sure that it's, you know, functional, but also that's a smart thing. Kids spend a lot of their time on Instagram. So just to be able to go out in the field, pull up Uh Instagram, see, I put shooting workouts on there, wall ball workouts, like, and there's, there's a, there's a line between like, like I don't like some people's Instagrams because like we talked about with like the celebration like I can see into your psychology while you're posting something right if you're posting instructional videos and you and your family having a good time in terms of your online persona because I don't want to I don't want to insinuate that a person online is often the same that you're going to meet in person but someone who posts stuff like you I like it it makes me like you whereas some of the other stuff that people post I, I, if I was chatting with them, I wouldn't be like, yo, plug your social media so people can see you post these <laughs> pictures of you looking really cool. To yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a difference for me. For sure. Um, yeah, but I never heard that. someone doing a little private Instagram and then charging for I'm sure there's people doing it. Yeah. But it seems smart because, like you said, someone could spend a ton of time building a platform for online coaching, but will it gain as much tra- traction as just that Instagram account where people waste away half their lives on? Right. You know? I mean, it's, it, it's just, to me, it was the most... Like I could, I could build a, a paywall uh-huh. on like a website and then you got to get another password and you got to sign in and then you got you can only view it on your computer cause I haven't formatted the yeah. app yet. And uh-huh. I'm like, this is so easy to just pull up my phone. I can see this. I see the explanation. You hear me talk, like you yeah. swipe through like, and it's, and the feedback's been great. So it's been, it's been fun. There's like and it's, 80 users on it right now. Yeah. And Coaches, those people players. are, I mean, you, I'm, oh, I'm, I say and I believe that people waste a lot of time on Instagram, but someone doing that is not wasting time. Right, it's a resource. Exactly. So in the same way that like these online instructional videos and that, you you get not only is this useful, but they're not spending the time watching, you know, yeah. the cat get stuck on an escalator. Name your thing or like right. bikini pics or what have you. Yeah, world but star hip hop. If you can create something of value that's going to have someone spend time on the app in a way like that, I personal opinion but I, I respect it more which is like I want to get give you a chance to say what it is so that people can go on it because the result is them seeing positive things yeah appreciate it if you had a trash Instagram we would have <laughs> never went down the plug, <laughs> yeah, down yeah. The plug. Um, uh, let's get into like specifics of the PLL I've chatted with uh, I had Jerry and, and Callum on both PLL players so I've gotten into some of it and I don't want to beat a dead horse but what are the practices like? When do you practice? Uh, we practice the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been probably 90 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of the same structure that we've actually used um, in college where it's a uh, you know, little stick work and shooting after a warm-up, you know, some small-sided transition stuff, and then kind of build up in the six-on-six. And you know, we get after it in six-on-six, and you know, it's really our you know, one time as a team to practice. And mm-hmm. you know, I will say that, that they've been – run very uh you know very organized and and structured so you know i feel like you know i get something out of it the night before a game and and can uh you know feel good going into uh game day Mm -hmm. so are they super competitive how i mean how locked down are the rosters and when do you find out the roster uh we find out the roster like tuesday the week before oh so you know you're gonna play yeah, so we, they actually just launched it today. So like, I have have my roster. It's put on social media, so like people know, uh-huh. you know, who's playing. And so I go in like, which is good. It's like I go in like, okay, I know I'm playing this week. Like I'm. What? That's um, so much better. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm mentally like I'm preparing for game day, and then 
I come in Friday night and like, I'm not really like worried about my spot per se. I'm just, I want to get after it. I want to get my legs moving and, and, you know, stick some corners and, and, uh, and get ready for the game. Well, and, and in that, so a counter to that could be, well, like then guys aren't competing in practice to earn their spot in the game the next day, which in the MLL, that was, that is the model. But the counter to that counter is that, well, the practice and the game are the tryout for next week. Right, so it's like in the MLL, you show up for practice, unless you're like one of the top guys, you're competing for the next day. So you're tiptoeing this line between like being fiery enough to make the squad and staying below the threshold of tiring yourself out for the next day. Right. But the, what sounds like with this model, you're, I don't think, this is my opinion, I don't think that the model, that model that you guys are doing, I don't think guys are slacking in practice. I don't think that knowing you're going to play with professional athletes breeds some sort of complacency. Right? It's like, I like that model better. Because when you show up, like you said, you know you're playing. That, game, that practice and that game every week are a tryout for the next week. 100%. right? It's just a little bit longer of a tryout than cramming it into the 90-minute practice the night before the game. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Like, I, I, your, I'll, I'll go into these, and, I'm, you know, I'm not just messing around because I, you know, I want to, one, we all, we're all there. We're, our team's on the same page. We want to win, mm-hmm. and we want to get after it. And, like, no one's kind of, like, looking at anyone being like, dude, like, why would you check me on that ground ball? Like, I think, I think the defenders still, like, you know, are ca- kind of conscious of, like, beating up some of our attackmen's arms like respectably and obviously but because yeah. they know they're going to take a bunch of beating the next day yeah, but it's still wants- it's still like you know I don't I know that like if I'm like in that practice and slacking off and then I just like suck it up it's like well no one's feeling good about me playing in the game tomorrow yeah, and, and then not- I'm not feeling good about like well, are they going to bring me back next week because it's like well I, I can't really bring that level of effort especially you know as you know like you know, wages have gone up and, and different things like that. Like the the importance of like playing week to week and like you know wanting to kind of keep building towards that mission is like is high. So it's you know. and that that um, those two in conjunction, a practice and a game, people are different, right? It's like so some guys won't go as hard in practice and like they're older, you know, they can't put that strain on their body, but then they produce like wildly in games. Like this guy didn't dress for practice because he was banged up and they had five goals. Right. So it's like finding that balance is way easier to do if with the format of the practice and the game taken together or the tryout for the next week. Yeah. So it's like waking up on a Saturday morning, no offense to the MLL, but like this is my only pro experience. I've never played in the PLL and not knowing that you're on the roster is nerve wracking. You know what I mean? It's like I'm here in a Columbus, Ohio. I hope I play. <laughs> yeah. I flew all the way here. I went hard last night, and it just feels like the the knowing that you're going to play breeds a more calm and organic version of yourself in the practice and the game. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's like you know, it's all week. It's like okay, games on Saturday. Yeah. Pre-practice on Friday. Uh-huh. You know, I got my PT in yesterday. I shot and lifted with guys two days ago. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get some work in, yep. you know, after this podcast today. And then I'm, you know, I'm cl- trying to clear my mind and get ready. You know, I, I try, I think it can make for, you know, more consistent, like, practice week. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so, like we try to emulate in, you know, at USC or like, like we did when I was playing back at Duke. Mm-hmm. 
to be as succinct as possible, in my opinion, I like that way better than what I went through in my pro days. And someone could say, like, Matt, just become a better player and guarantee yourself a spot and you won't have to worry on Saturday morning. But that was never my position. It was always like – I was usually like, okay, I think I'll play. But always that ambiguity which affected right. my mindset throughout. No doubt. It's like once the air release came on Saturday morning that you're on the roster, you're like, oh, well. Yeah. But I don't want the air release. I'd rather that come on Monday to find out for the next week. Well, I was just saying to someone, too, like, like how how – nice it like might be like when you're so you got like your bubble guy right just in, in, in general with like pro sports like or just sports in general you got like your bubble player who's like competing week to week like trying to suit up mm-hmm. like you know every sports league's different but then you got like the guy who or girl who's constantly like pumped by people outside of the team like media and this and they're just pushing that person like that must be nice because you're like well now i'm really rolling and i've got that support yeah they everyone's can't not tell- start me everyone's making telling my bobblehead me head everyone's telling me i'm great and then if you if you play well then it really like kind of starts pushing you down this like confidence train for sure which could really really help and like push Absolutely. push a guy to that next exactly. next level so it's just interesting when, like we talk about kind of the psychology to kind of compare those two dynamics mm-hmm. and i think that's where it's like that's where it becomes really like cool to see the stories of, you know, guys who are maybe on the brink and then like earn a spot, knowing mm-hmm. that like when you're going through that, like it's not easy to, to to navigate and yeah. to like really like stay focused and like why am I doing this every weekend when I'm, you know, I'm missing weddings and uh-huh. family functions and yeah. beach time like. Well, yeah. lacrosse is a, a the position of the sport not being as mainstream. Uh, the social media followings having big implications on like viewership, etc. It's in a unique position where you know if you have a bigger following, you might eke out a guy who's got a smaller following of a the same skill set, and that's you know some could be like, well, that's not like that's not doesn't seem that just it doesn't seem that pure of a way to run it if it's like well he's got this and he's like a huge presence on our social media so we need him on the roster and but the popularity of the sport online matters so i think as it like nfl for example are there stipulations where it's like do you have an instagram or is it like this guy scores this many touchdowns a game, we're going to pay him this amount of money? It's like lacrosse is moving more and more towards your th- – those two won't be as conflated, right. I hope. Right. It's like performance will be the most important thing. Right. And that's not to say apples to apples. A franchise won't choose a Steph Curry over an equally talented guy because he has so much brand value. But it's just like in terms of who makes the roster, Right. hopefully it moves more towards like the pure – whoever plays the best in practice and performs the best and not who got the best soundbite and the most views. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So lacrosse is currently navigating how that's going to operate. Yeah. And they have so. to make some sacrifices to <laughs> swim through those waters. Yeah. Um, what about after the game? What are you guys eating in the locker room? We've been, uh, we've been having this company, Superfood, that – um, they came and talked to us during training camp, and mm-hmm. they make these meals, I think, on site, like in terms of like the, in that city. And then they, they're just like these little, uh, you know, like any of those pre-packaged. delivery kind of prepackaged, but it's all 
you know, fresh made, like pretty like wider range of meals and like spice, spices and stuff. Very healthy. You can like, is it like you pick what you're going to get? No, they have, okay. so they have like a, a set. So it's like, this is pre-game meal. This is post-game meal. This is uh, night before. Oh, so you guys are getting those meals for the whole weekend? We're getting them pre and post-game and then the, the day before, I believe. Mm-hmm. That structure goes a long way. Yeah, and it's nice because it's like, it's also, I think some of it, even for me, like, you know, I'm not like the healthiest, like cleanest eater. So mm-hmm. it's like a little different in terms of like the types of food and stuff. But mm-hmm. knowing that I have that, it's like, okay, I'm going to put a good meal in before and after. It's there. They're bringing mm-hmm. it to the locker room. They got it on the bus. Like it's very, that's been very organized and been really awesome. I, you know, this company Superfood has done a great yeah. job. I think they do stuff with the Capitals um and like different sports teams so it's been Mm -hmm. awesome well it's yeah it's always the guys at the end of the spectrum who eat healthier i think that take the hit right it's like if you're like well i don't eat pizza and i don't normally you know drink if you just limit if you're very healthy and the only option is unhealthy stuff you're like well but sometimes when the only option is healthy stuff the guys who don't eat healthy in my opinion aren't like well, I guess I'll go grab my unhealthy stuff. They're like, well, I actually eat unhealthy stuff. So I'm going to, like, you're being given <laughs> yeah. the scientifically, hopefully at least close, best fuel for your body. Yeah, no So doubt. if you want to opt down an avenue of Papa John's, that seems like a better exit than offering bad food and being like, yo, if you want to fuel your body best, good luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's So it's I like great. to hear it that it kind of levels that, levels that out a little bit. And, you know, it's like, you could have a week where you like don't eat as well because you're traveling or, or uh-huh. doing this and then knowing that you're going to have like a good good base and you don't have to think about what you're eating before the game and stuff uh-huh. it's been awesome how uh this is what about after the games are you guys since you're all going to the same city are you guys all hanging out together is it like it depends it, um since there's that it's usually two games and then one the next day like obviously like the guys that are playing the next day aren't really around they have practice yeah. uh-huh. they're hanging out um sometimes there's guys that stay around for the second game because they do media or mm-hmm. game appearances fan zone type stuff um the really the it depends on the after the game because if you have the early game sometimes guys are trying to fly back that night which kind of stinks because you don't get as much of that like kind of team hangout yep. camaraderie because you have like 1 p.m games or like 3 p.m. games, uh-huh. and then maybe you catch like a 7 o'clock flight versus always having like a 7 p.m. game and you're always staying. Yeah. You know, so in the that Saturday city. games typically are, th- those are the games you want. Yes. You like, want the at, Saturday games. From a player's games, standpoint, yeah. 100%. And then those four teams get to hang together that night if you don't fly out. If you don't fly out. Like, definitely. And I think it just depends on, you know, guys and stuff, but I think. You know, that's been that's been a really fun part for me about the league is like I have so many close friends that either former teammates, high school teammates, college on different teams. There's always like people that you kind of see every week and you just like catch up, even if you don't talk much or hang out much. It's like you see him, you say what's up. It's like versus you might not see this guy for six months. You know, if you're not in the same city every weekend. Yeah. So I I think that's cool because I uh think. When I what I've realized when I graduated college is like, just in general, you don't see many people that live don't live in your city, yeah. unless it's like you're going home visiting and you got for like a holiday, or you got like a wedding or something like that. Uh-huh. It's like it's tough. Like everyone's busy in in adult life. Exactly. You know? yeah. So it's it's been cool to have that 
that and, option. Well, yeah, just from an outsider's perspective, um, given that, like, like you said, a lot of guys in the league are friends and everyone knows each other. It's like, yo, would you rather be in the same city every week with one other team or go to and experience a new city with three? Given the fact that you're friends with all these people, it's yeah. And there's something about navigating a city that you're not used to that you don't get. Like in New York, I, I grew up in New York. I live in New York. Another weekend going out to hang with the team didn't have the novelty and the draw that it did would be if I was with three other teams and we're in Denver. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. it's like you always got the camaraderie at away games more so than home games. Um, so it's cool. You're going with the whole league. And yeah. as a like a team kind of especially in cool cities get, like in, yeah in cool and you guys are all stakeholders in the league too which adds to adds to the camaraderie right it's like you're all financially invested so it's not like oh we're going and playing another team we're both in under the same umbrella but no real common goals like with the PLL it just feels like when you go to a new city it's like all right boys we're all doing we're all on you you know you separate for the game but you're all on the same mission which must be cool right yeah it has been i think people were probably worried about that to start in terms of the competitiveness i and, was but it's it's but been, like it. it's been cool to see each team kind of take their own identity each team is really focused on winning and wanting to play well mm -hmm. and then after the game it's like yeah, like you're not gonna not say hi to like a guy you played four years in college with, or like uh -huh. a guy that's like one of your best buds, or you you live with in a different city. Yeah. Like so, and then like you're not gonna like not say what's up to like their teammates. Like, yeah, it's just I'm like I'm like you never know how long you're gonna do something like this. Certainly, you can't take it for granted. And like to like not spend time with other guys who are like are all doing different things to try and make the same dream work that mm -hmm. I'm trying to do. Yep. It's like, those are cool opportunities to like spend time. And it's like, yeah, like maybe like right after the game, you're not sprinting over to the locker room to like dap each other up and say, what's up, man? Like sick goal. Like after uh, you just I hate, lost. I hate when, I team, when a teammate does that. <laughs> it's like, they just beat us. Right. There's at least a two hour window yeah. where we sulk and absolutely you despise them. And 100%. we'll see them. You have some of that and then like, okay, like, you know, you'll, hopefully kind of can compartmentalize a little uh -huh. bit to just like enjoy that person's company. Cause I, I think that's the other fun thing too, is like, you're still competing. So it's like next week, like I'm still going to go and try and beat that guy. Mm -hmm. like, I, I want to win, you know, I want to score goals. Like well, I want to, you know, yeah, exactly. pushing yeah. my I career mean, forward. You know? If you want to be a pro, well, this is actually something that I wasn't good at. So if I was really good friends with a guy and then he guarded me like one, example is Mike Scudin who grew up in the hometown next to me we've known each other forever he played New York with me for a number of years when I came to the league he was on New York like it, you know we were close and then he went to Denver and he guarded me and I was like I'm gonna this is gonna be bad because I, I have trouble finding that edge against someone who's so who I'm close with right, right. I, my own success is his downfall and that doesn't sound so good um, so do you have tr any trouble with that like turn flipping the switch and being in you know a competitive sports-based enemy of someone who you're affectionate of off the field um i haven't because i've also i've tried to like you couldn't even hit me with like that you feel that way a little bit because i'm trash at it <laughs> so you just ha you don't struggle with it at all no i don't <laughs> oh, i don't because i also like i also feel like um 
you know, I know that those guys want to take the ball away from me. Like, yeah. I know those guys want to, you know, save me, and they're going to chirp me, even if they're, some of them are my buddies. Like, some are more inclined to do that than mm-hmm. others. So I just try to, like, really focus on myself and just what I'm doing. And, like, you know, even, like, in the sense of, like, when guys are, like, talking a lot of smack and, like, little scuffles and stuff break out, like, I kind of, like, sometimes laugh that stuff off because I'm, like, I just try not to, like, concern myself with that too much. Like, it's just, like, getting caught up in some of those things. Like, I try Mm -hmm. to just... Like, cause I know that for me, like that's going to take away from kind of my focus on the game. So I kind of try to stay more even keel with that. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I, I know that like those guys on the other team are not like my fans. Like they're not pumping me up and they don't want to see me like mm-hmm. score a bunch of goals. So like, I'm not going in there like, Hey man, like I hope you, uh, you know, make this save on me or like, yeah, make that. I could have used the pep talk from you in this regard. Yeah. I'm just like, screw it. Like I, I'm, I'm just, I'm doing my thing. I got my team. And then after I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll hang out with them all after the game. Well, it's like, also clearly like, that's the best way to think about it. And there's not uh, mutual exclusivity to like really liking someone and getting really fiery. Like I have right. four brothers. I've taken punches in the face from them before Sometimes for us, things as small as dropping their pizza on the ground. Um, but then it's not like that takes away from how close I am with them, right? It's almost like the two go, the yin and yang, go, the, those opposites breed more of each. Um, so you've become good at that. It's yeah, something I, I never I think I've into. been able to kind of just, you know, like, you know, someone like Scott Ratliff, you know, for example, mm-hmm. like Scott's, you know, ultra competitive. Scott was our captain in Atlanta for a couple years, mm-hmm. um, and now he's on the other team. And like, you know, Scott gets really fiery and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, but like I know, so like I know in a game, like you know, I'm not like, you know, I know Scott wants to win. Scott wants to take yeah. the ball away from me, all that stuff. I'm just kind of trying to focus on me, you know, helping my team and, and yeah. doing my thing. And like, after the game, like win or lose, like he's one of my best friends. You know? Yeah, he's one of the best at that. It's uh, if if people want to take notes from like how you can navigate that when you know how do you flip the switch he's one of the nicest people off the field but then right like you said turns it on i should have asked him his opinion on that when i was playing with him <laughs> um but we're gonna i'm gonna try to get him on here yeah listen scott i'm waiting yeah uh well he, he was out here for the pll all-star game this weekend but we didn't link up um oh so you live in la venice beach so you got to be out here for the all-star game you, yep. you weren't in the all-star game yep but you got to hang out with those guys. What, what was it like? I mean, was that like, uh, did it seem like those boys had a good time? Yeah, definitely. On and off the field? Definitely. I mean, I was with them. Like, you know, I participated in the skills challenge on Sunday. Oh, so that wasn't limited to players that played in the Correct. game? Correct. Yeah, I think oh. it was uh, Ryder Garnsey, Dan Ipe, and myself all participated in different challenges. So Who won? it was cool. Uh, Marcus. Marcus Juan. Marcus Holman? Holman, yeah. We, what like, did he do? Like, he, what is the so, skill? So the accuracy that we did, we did the accuracy challenge. Okay. So, like, 10 yards, 30 seconds. They had these, like, clay pigeons all around. Gotcha. Hit as many as you can. Ah. We A lot of us hit, like, three out of five in the first round, and then he uh, we just had five shots, and, like, this shoot off, and he stuck them, so. Did, were there any other, was there, like, trick fastest type? Shot, like, fastest shot, freestyle. Fastest player. Is freestyle like 
do it to, like yeah like dunk contest yeah those ones are hard like i think i would be good at it but i, I don't like being put on the spot like do a trick like do you ever do one of those no because I'm, i would be bad like the more set the thing is it's yeah. almost like yeah, matt yeah, yeah. you know a question mark could be a good dodge to do in a game why don't you do it so well because if i plan it that's a very like planned thing yeah. i get nervous <laughs> um but did those guys had a good time yeah there was like there experiencing was, la there was some cool things i mean yeah it was it was great so like it was cool for me because I've been here since September, so I got to show a lot of my friends, like, the ropes Play around town. Uh-huh. Yeah, do a little bit of that. Um, I mean, I got here Friday night, so, like, just a little bit on Saturday um, and stuff like that. But it was great. Like, I think a lot of guys enjoyed being out here. Mm-hmm. Saw a little bit of the West Coast. Um, you know, took, uh, yes, two days ago on Monday after the fact, took, like, Matt McMahon and Tom Schreiber around USC campus, got a workout in, got some shooting in, mm-hmm. got to show them. Show them the digs a little bit. Yeah, day in the and, life. Uh, and, yeah, so it was, it was great. It was cool having those guys out here. Is uh, just touching back on the fact that the PLL is like a traveling um, model, are, are there any downsides? I mean, I don't want – like, are, are you experiencing anything where you're, you're missing out on things that came as a product of being, having a home city? I think in terms, of, in terms of the experience in the weekends, no. Because I actually never experienced living in the city that I played in. Ah. So I always traveled, you know, to Atlanta or yep. to another city. So it was always travel for me. Uh. What I would say is oh, yeah. a little tougher, given that I'm in L.A., is that the season from week to week kind of, like, seems a little regionalized. So, like, my first five games were all East Coast. So I, I stayed in Baltimore for four or five weeks. And... Um, like you didn't fly back this way you just hung correct. out there correct correct wow. and then now it's like i'm not nice. here there's a game in san jose there's a game in denver all-star weekend it's a little more west coast but it kind of like makes the makes your time in the summer like kind of like separated yeah, in terms of where you are yeah, so it's a little you're different not growing too many roots but right. you're racking air miles right right that's so, nice yeah that's nice but that's that's the only thing it's a little different yeah which is like you know, because I do, like, now that I'm back in L.A., I'm like, wow, like, this summer out here is actually pretty sweet. Well, that's, the, that's <laughs> like, after the, after your travel for a season and you settle in, you're like, it's so refreshing to just, and I'm not someone who, who sticks to a routine. I get, I, routines get old to me, so I switch it up. But having some semblance of routine after the season, I'm like, I needed this. You know what I mean? Like, I need, and I'm sure when the season ends and you get in the swing with coaching, there's going to be like an attraction to that but then the travel will be a novelty so like this going back and forth was yeah. always something that i loved about playing it was like coming out here working part-time at string king and then like all right summertime i'm back to new york or during my last year atlanta to experience that version of my that half of my life so it's like towards the end of the season you're probably gonna be yeah. itching for that definitely the, growing those roots out here because it really and you're living in venice tough to touch the pleasantness of venice has a little grunge to it but like the west side of los yeah, angeles it's so easy to get up and down it's yeah like, like it can make you soft as you've, you're looking at it but like <laughs> it is so pleasant like yeah. i'm i'm excited for you to experience the oh yeah the routine of it no doubt um are you what's your take on the the like what let's just use a barometer the nhl what's your take on the 
the time span, and I know this is, you, you might have to do what you, what I said we shouldn't do earlier and like make some guesses. Yep. <laughs> um, on the time span of lacrosse becoming as prominent a sport and will it? In terms of like when? Just how many people are watching it. Um, yeah, yeah, in terms of like what's the trajectory in ter- years? You know, it's interesting. Straight speculation. I mean, no, no one knows, but some people are, cool, I would are say, really drinking the Kool-Aid and like. I would say like five to ten. Okay. So what I think, it, I just tweeted this a couple of days ago, and I think it's going to be a big thing. Is like I think once another Pac-12 school gets men's lacrosse and that kind of triggers the conference, I think that is huge. I think like if USC or Stanford or mm-hmm. Oregon like could pull the trigger and get three, four teams, it would just bring so many eyes, especially at a time where like the PLL is like, you know, based out here in LA, mm-hmm. getting a lot of attention around the sport. I think that would really trigger, you know, a lot more attention and just growth. Yeah. And I think that that any of those programs is probably three, four years away. So then maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you get that three, four years, maybe it's five, and then boom, like we're in that five to 10 range. And I think that's kind of what I think would be big. I think year two, like in the PLL, like continuing to just push on, you know, what they did after having a whole season under their belt and already seeing their growth. I think, you know, that'll definitely help speed it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting some of the recognition they've gotten with the newspapers and the news networks has been pretty exciting and then mm-hmm. let's kind of go from there well but. it's a good point the, the that the expansion of it west to these bigger sports schools is a good like bridge between like the pro game and the college game and the expansion so like that didn't pop into my head it was i kind of considered them two separate entities yeah i was wrong i, to do I so, think but. it's yeah I, I think like when you get more colleges investing more money more alumni money and then now they have you know we have like a really like growing popular mm-hmm. professional league to like funnel into it's like it's becoming more realistic of like a career you know like more yeah. guys are showing that like you can do this after college you're gonna get it going at usc you know what i mean like what what's going on <laughs> I, I, I don't really know, you know, gotcha. too much about it. Give it three it, more years so you've uh, yeah. eked your way into the power structure there. And <laughs> yeah. let's, get the, let's get it going at USC. Yeah, you, that would um, be a cool spot. A uh, thought popped into my head when you were talking about that, to make it an attractive avenue for a young kid, right? It's like, are you getting... So when I was coaching at camps um, while playing the MLL, kids would be you know i want to play in the mll but then you get other kids like you guys don't even get paid and it was like well we get paid a little but you're right it's not a lot (laughs) um but it you know given you being an assistant coach being able to earn a living via your clinics and a sizable salary from i mean you can live comfortably off of a pll salary in camps right it's like and if you love lacrosse that is a great lifestyle right and that's something that, like, are, ki- are more and more kids, because of the professionalism of lacrosse, and the MLL is gonna, they're gonna, yeah, rise which is great. Too. They which have is good. to, right? Yeah. It's like it's gonna, yeah. There's gonna be more avenues to make money. Are more and more kids? I mean, you're around kids. Are they are they expressing interest of wanting to pursue a lacrosse heavy career? I think so. I mean, I you know I train a lot of uh, you know college and high school guys mm-hmm. and. 
they see it and they're always asking me about it. So they're like, how is it? Like, it looks sick. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's it's, big, been, it's been right? awesome. Because when it's a younger kid, say he's 10, he doesn't know better yet. When he's like, I want to play professional, it's like, keep reading books and get ready for, <laughs> don't put right. all your eggs in that basket. What a, but, cooler, what a cooler time to be freshman or sophomore in college when exactly. you have to worry about the internships that you're talking about. And you're like, I'm going to go all in and try and make this yeah. thing. Yeah, and, and it's a, a vibe, like you know that you're going to earn a salary that you're at least going to get by on. I mean, right. like, I'm not a big, you can be happy with, as long as you're above a threshold to, to live, if you're getting to play lacrosse and coach it, especially out here. If you're, I mean, doing, if you're doing camps, you're sitting, you get your PLL salary, and maybe like a, if you're a good enough player and you get some kind of a sponsorship, mm -hmm. you're looking at the same as like an entry-level position at a lot of you know, yeah. regular non-sports-related jobs. Yeah. So it's like, why would you not I mean, take you that opportunity for a year or two? Because um, you went and had a more desk job, but now you're getting to do what you want to do all the time, spending time. Your office is out on a lacrosse field. I mean, right. That'll get your jolliness up, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you live on the beach. So you're yeah. just like, he, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And when you have a young kid looking at that, that, like, f f even five years ago, it's few and far between of the guys that I'd recommend. Like, for young players, it's like, yeah, if you guys are making enough to, like, to do that. But now more and more, especially with these bigger salaries, it's like you can look a kid in the eye and encourage him to chase that and feel good about it. Right? Yeah, it's I'm like, like, I look at them and I'm like, like I'm coaching Division One lacrosse in Los Angeles, uh -huh. and I'm getting to play professionally, uh -huh. and I live near the beach. Like <laughs> I love what I'm doing. Yeah. Like it's completely genuine, and uh -huh. they're like, "That's awesome." Yeah. And I'm like, "There's a lot of cool places around the country to be able to make all that work." Uh -huh. And and it's like they can do that, you know. And I, it, it is cool for me to see like because I coached at high, a high school, McDonough High School in mm -hmm. Baltimore for you, a year. You went there. No, I went to Loyola. Oh, okay. But I, They're rivals? Uh, yeah, same conference. Okay. Like, not like direct rivals, but, uh -huh. yeah. you know, compete every year. Mm -hmm. And um, it was the same thing. Like, that was when I was with in Atlanta with you. And, like, they were – they saw how I committed to it and was making it work and mm -hmm. doing the camps. And they're like, yeah, like, this is, like – this is cool, you know. It's like that's, that's changing that persona. Exactly. And I was like, look, you know what for me wasn't that cool? Like, just taking that job in New York just because. Yeah. Like, I left that. Like, that wasn't that cool for me. And, like, I uh -huh. think there, you're always going to get those – that push maybe, like, maybe your parents think you have to do this or you, you got to do that because you went uh -huh. to this school and got this education. But now it's, like, you can do so much, you know, through lacrosse. And if you're interested in it or you want to keep playing or just try it out, like, yeah. you can take a chance and, like, make it work. And it's big to get, like – the, that age group of high school and college kids wanting to do right. it because for a long time you had, you know, once they their brains formed a little bit better and they started doing the math, they were like, I don't think the, you know, pro lacrosse is it. Or like, it's kind of lame because you look at the presentation of it and it wasn't up to par and college, the final four looked like the apex of the sport right. digitally. But now every PLL game aired is better. Like the, the production quality is at least as good as the final four. Right. So it's like, that's attractive, right? Yeah, it's like no that, doubt. That's big to, to capture the, to basically keep it attractive to people who are in high school and college. You know what I mean? Like they've put thought into where they want to spend their life. If more and more of them are saying that they're looking to do the avenue that you're doing, speaks to things are moving in the right direction. Yeah.
Um, backtracking to uh, just because I wasn't sure if I wanted to get into it because it's kind of a le cliche lacrosse story. Like you went and worked in New York on Wall Street and you opted out. And um, we, you and I both, um, I had Glissini on the podcast. He went to Yale, is pursuing things in lacrosse and coaching. So it's a non-traditional avenue for someone who graduates from Yale playing lacrosse. It's like, okay, you're gonna be a banker. Um, and I have a lot of friends who do that but for you, like, how, how risky was that jump? Because you did work your whole life to go to Duke and then got a good job. And then it's like, all right, well, I'm going to roll the dice here and go do something else. But you also hopped out of that, like, it's, like, interesting to see guys like you because that is an accurate depiction of lacrosse. It's, it's eroding. But... A lot of times that is the picture. He right. went here and then he worked on Wall Street and that, that's boring, right? You could have done that easily yeah. and earned more money than you are now. So to see you breaking the mold and going outside of that, it's like you, you were just about to be a cliche, but you escaped. Yeah. Um, how I, hard was that to jump out? It was, it was definitely tough. And I think what made it harder for me was that it was at a time where I was not even dressing in mm -hmm. the league. You know, I my and that was that 2017. Was 17, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I was on Charlotte. You know, my first three games, I had zero points, mm -hmm. and I don't even think it was a skill thing. It was more of like a confidence and mental state, and like I was just so wrapped up and like couldn't mm -hmm. figure it out. And and then I got benched and traded, and then I just didn't play the rest of the summer. And if you had a vlog with a bigger following, you could have stayed on that roster. <laughs> I don't know that that would have helped me put more goals in the back of the net. Though. But if you got, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so, um, but so like that was like so like end of July was when I made that jump to like jump in the lacrosse full time and just try it. But it was at a time where I was like, it's not like I had a spot. Like I didn't have a spot. Mm -hmm. I was like, everyone thought I was done like with lacrosse, uh -huh. and so. That was where that was a big risk. The the camp and training business, I think, was like really on just like the beginning. Like oh. everyone's done like multi day camps, but that year that I started lacrosse full time, I went to twenty five states in a year. Mm -hmm. Were you nervous in the beginning though? Just getting back to like the moment where it you was, like quit the job. It was like it was exciting. I was okay. like I was like I'm taking a chance. Uh -huh. Like, I, I know I didn't want to sit in that desk for multiple years. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm probably going to end up changing jobs at some point anyway. Yeah. So I might as well take it at a time where I can, you know, I'm only a year out. I got the year under my resume mm -hmm. for future employee, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to take a chance here. And, like, I love lacrosse, don't want to give it up and see what happens. And mm -hmm. I just went after it, you know, full force. And, you know, people were supportive of that message. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, you know, I, I could sit here and name all the club coaches and parents who like appreciated my, you know, willingness to go mm -hmm. after something that I loved and therefore like helped me give me advice and build my clinic business and training and uh -huh. stuff and support me with fields and yep. all that just because they, they saw that like I was going after something that I loved and, you know, to keep that dream of playing alive. And, mm -hmm. and then, it, you know, it just, you know, I, got back in the gym, like got back after it and like it worked out that next summer, the summer we played together in Atlanta. Yeah. And then that kind of led to USC. And so it's just been this series of kind of things just based on, I think me working at, you know, 
the business and training and then just but being passionate about you know what yeah, I'm doing it and sounds I like think you did it with some serious conviction like you knew you wanted to do it and I remember I'm just remembering now when we started playing together in Atlanta I didn't know you at all and I all I knew was you scored a lot of goals at Duke and that bothered me <laughs> <laughs> so I was like all right let's see what this guy's about yeah. and then I remember talking to you you're like yeah quit the job I'm doing this now and I was like oh all right well yeah, this guy I like. You know, that was that was when I realized, like, all right, I like this guy. And then I also remember, so that was one jump. And then I remember you were out here in L.A. But just around a year ago, and being yeah. like, yo, I think I might move to L.A. Yeah, I was were, with you. Yeah. It was it was that like second week in August. I was on like a two week California trip, uh-huh. and it was like the end of my like year like tour. And I was like, I'm just going to San Diego. I'm working a camp. Um, I'm just gonna chill down there, and then I'm gonna bump up to L.A. and like see some friends and hang out. And then that's like that was like right when like this the job thing started picking up for USC, and then I came and visited campus, hung out with you. Mm-hmm. I was like, I might take this job, and I took it the next morning, and yeah. I moved out ten days later, and I was just like, pack my bags, like it's just a, another risk, like another scent. You just hit the scent, and button. I just sent it, yeah. and I just moved out here in ten days. I started right after Labor Day, and I uh-huh. just. Have loved it I was like since. nervous for you because I remember oh, like, all right, well, let's think about this. Like, when do you need to know? You're like tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, let's. Yeah, pretty much ASAP because the season it. starts in a year. The girls were already on campus, like, and then uh, mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna take a chance. And I also, mind you, I'd never coached organized women's lacrosse before. Uh-huh. I was actually gonna. So let's get into that a little bit um, because. Um, I was curious. I know you have sisters that play lacrosse, right? So yeah. I, I, admittedly, my knowledge is so limited of women's lacrosse that I'm embarrassed about it. Um, but I figured that you knew, like at least the, all the rules, and um, you've watched enough to know what makes a good player, how to right. coach. Um, so what, what was that jump like to like go and coach women's lacrosse? Like was that? Let just let's just start there. Yeah, so I have three sisters. I've watched them play growing up. The rules have been evolving. The mm-hmm. sticks have been evolving, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so basically, I like when I was doing all the training, I started training a lot of my sisters and their friends in the Baltimore area, which is a very popular area for women's lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And you know, by the time you know, I was I was like they were graduating in like June ish last summer. There's multiple Under Armour All-Americans and D1 players that I was working with where I was like, I think I can like really like coach these girls up. And then that's when I someone told me about throwing my name in for the job. I didn't know a ton of the rules. I knew like the basics of like the eight meters and the shooting space and kind of I knew what the rules were that people would always complain about. Yeah, like what are those penalty shots? What's that? What's that? And all the and all the dads are like, I don't get this. This is so different from men's lacrosse. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it's just different, but like you still you still lacrosse. Yeah. And that's been my mo from when I'm started. Like I'm not coaching men's or women's. Like I'm coaching lacrosse. Uh-huh. And like people think it's cool that it's women's, but like I you know offensively like I teach everything the same. You know yeah. I got I got to stick. use the women's stick. The yeah. mesh is a big, big improvement. But even just if you have a good or? leather pocket, like, you know, if you string up a proper leather pocket, it's just a smaller pocket. Yeah. I play with a bag, but I, it's given me a new perspective uh-huh. on playing with a, you know, a more quicker, quicker release ball yeah, out of really a stick. Yeah, really quick stick it out of a, yeah. a women's stick. And, and so that's kind, of, that's kind of been it. And just, you know, I was like started throwing in ideas and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 
it worked it made sense and i started practicing with them so uh -huh. i'm like okay if i'm practicing i'm yeah. figuring out what you can do or can't do like i'm watching all the film like i told you like uh -huh. I, I saw this girl do this i saw that girl do that why don't you do that yeah. like it's like so then it's just from there it's just pushing is it a two-way thing where you're like bringing some men's concepts to the game or like maybe trying to tinker with the girl's pocket to make it more like a men's pocket and you're also learning concepts from women's lacrosse that are helping you in yeah I've, I've brought i've brought a lot of things that i just played in in the men's game you know growing up uh -huh. and that's like you know just just from like the basic offenses like our duke offense like syracuse's offense um you know some some pair stuff and it's a little different because there's an extra offensive player mm -hmm. so it's seven on seven and a half and then they also play in a tighter space because you just don't shoot from as far out so it's more compact but yeah all the concepts you know i, I was finding were directly the same and mm -hmm. applicable um just kind of finding that balance and, and and figuring that out but you know yeah it's just it's been uh it's been a fun exciting challenge and I think it's been a two-way street for me in the sense of also like the girls and the team like especially when I started like I wasn't just coming in there like this is it like yeah. this is the offense You're like, this is them. it like I'm I'm like I was just a little slower to be like this is what I know and like this is what we're gonna do but as I would observe like, I got I heard it on a podcast too the other day like Urban Meyer talking about the Ohio you know the Ohio State football coach like coming into a a program that he's taking over or starting with you don't just like overhaul everything and, yeah. and say what you're doing because it's like could be disrespectful yeah. to those who were in it before Gotta you integrate but you kind of like you'd be a really good observer mm -hmm. you observe what's going on how they're interacting and I think about what I did in the fall without even hearing that and mm -hmm. that's kind of I feel like what I did was like observing how they play like watch how they play and I was trying to just give pointers my first week or two like mm -hmm. try this try that and then I'm like okay I have my own opinions like I'm opinionated like I've seen this happen in like when I would watch like women's final fours last year I think this could work like we're gonna try this we're gonna work yeah. on this skill set mm -hmm. and like it was just kind of that give and take a little bit and I I think I think they appreciated that that I wasn't just coming in saying like yeah. this is exactly how we're gonna do everything that's but, such a bad approach but yeah. as but as I kind of learned throughout the year I was like and I became more convicted I was like no this is how we're gonna yeah you were able this to is our, this yourself. is our system like we're yeah. installing our system you know what about from like a leadership slash like role model standpoint you're obviously whether you like it or not in that position for your job so is it bringing out like the best version of yourself where you're like I'm, I'm a one of the leaders of this squad of 20-somethings, 18 through 22 or whatever, do you find that you've, like, improved in terms of setting an example? Or, or did you have that already from coaching? Um, I mean, I think I've, I've had – I've been mindful of that because I had been coaching for a year and a half. Like, oh, high school kids. Right. right. I, oh, I, coached so the, you, I coached the boys at McDonough. Um, so I kind of had that mindset already where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm directly impacting these guys. Like, I want to mm -hmm. set a good example and – Kind of share my story and like try and grow their passion for lacrosse because i'm passionate about it mm -hmm. so i kind of took that like same same approach and yeah. like you know i think our coaches in college did a great job of like okay like how you tweet and how you say things like yeah. it reflects you and people will form perceptions on you like so how how do you handle yourself in an airport like i remember that was like some things like we, mm -hmm. we would talk about with our girls a little bit in the fall it's like you're, you know, you're coming through in an airport like you might think it's just a lacrosse team, but like 
people are looking at USC yep. and people are looking at lacrosse Definitely. and like you are forming people's opinions. Absolutely. So like, I, but we were mindful of that at Duke because it was like same thing, like with the scandal uh-huh. and like being yeah, yeah, Duke, yeah. like uh-huh. all these people hate us, yep. like, you know? And so you, every person you meet is an opportunity to like flip someone, like one person at a time. Like, yeah, so like, I, I kind of have had that ingrained in me since college and I would try and pass that along. That was also. always a, always is a struggle for me. Like I make some content that it's like, listen, this isn't as much for kids. So like, what am I not gonna do? Things that I think are funny or passionate or insightful because it's, it's like, no, so you need to, like if you're a parent, teach your kid, like there's lines to things. Like I heard, uh, I don't know who it was, but they were like, cars are cool I drive cars sometimes I go fast I don't tell kids to drive them it's like but then you want that can't you need to take the same approach that's this is the approach that I'll take it's like some of the stuff that I do is for the fully formed adult mind right um, but then I'm a, I was a lacrosse player too and I'm not naive to the fact that like yeah this is not the greatest example for a young kid but it's like okay do i just shut off the half of me that wants to make that because i'm also a lacrosse player right so it's like i know the struggle that guys go through when it's like they can't necessarily they need to draw a line sometimes um i always veered more in like i'm just going to do what i want and i trust that a, a, a logical parent is going to coach his kid to know that like some of this is for emulation and some of this is not Right. right. It's like, look at sports players. They're partying after the game and going wild. And it's like, that's real. They do that. It's like, you only see it when they win the championship, but like, they're having a good time, right? But they don't put it out there for people to see. So it's like that dichotomy between like, where do I not be myself and yeah. where do I set an example? That's a great point. Yeah, but you're, you're naturally a better, I think like, you're a good example for young kids. You're, you know, you're, you're both Appreciate you in it. real life and your <laughs> online presence is a but my other thing is that like when I'm making like a skit or something like that it's like this is not me you know what I mean so if it's a skit right, you're making it's a like skit. granted this is a, an idea that I had and it might I have, might have some inkling of like what this right, guy is in me it's not who you are which any writing yeah exactly it's like listen and I, I might think it, but I'm funneling it through the character, which is society's way of getting away with saying something. That's like, a, that's like an actor. Like that's a, what I mean. Yeah. Like Johnny Depp in the movie Blow. <laughs> is he a bad guy because he portrayed a drug dealer? No. It's like that. there's a line between right. getting ideas that are insightful or funny out there without being like, you should do this. Yeah. So long story short. It's I'll, almost as if like nowadays the way people really make it clear is they create these like persona accounts Uh like this is my coaching account this is my acting account Mm -hmm. like anything you follow on the acting account you know that it's like acting and then this is my personal page yeah it's like interesting to see people do that so that it really makes it clear like what is what you know yeah it was actually one of the a big upside for me for like not being a professional cross player anymore it's like you're just gonna get me like when i don't post a lot on the internet but when i do yeah i thought of it i maybe wrote it or helped make it or whatever but like I was it was kind of exhausting to have like well you know kids are going to see that well the kids are going to see it anyway they're right. they're going to see whatever they want <laughs> if my videos are the yeah. most diabolical terrible thing that you think your kid is right. going to stumble upon with that yeah. little phone then you're naive already so right. I don't want to get into the argument <laughs> but it is like yeah you being a college coach I'm sure you're already primed for being a, 
a role model for kids, so you're well suited for the job. Point, and you know, I couldn't get hired as a college coach. <laughs> you know, that's like that's the. Well, price dude, you I, got a haircut. It looks like you're. Uh, when yeah, did you get the haircut? I got it like maybe I don't know four four or five months ago. I'm terrible at tracking time. I actually went to a, a wedding up in um, San Francisco f- for my cousin, and my aunt came up to me. hasn't seen me. She goes, Matt, you look so normal. Come on. And I was like, wow. She just roasted me. Like, she was like, you're sp- you, th- you think you're a renegade? Like, where'd the hair go? So I immediately, like, got a tattoo here. And I was like, I got to send a message here. <laughs> I got to send a message that uh, you, you can kind of... Yeah, is that, let- that one new? This is a, a new tattoo. Yeah, yeah done by that. my talented friend, Kalik, at Lick from the Wood, L-I-Q from the Wood, if you're looking to uh, check out a good tattoo artist. Um... All right, let's just finish on this last very specific topic. But I'm looking for, like, I want the sport to grow, and it has this stigma that we've touched on a little bit, that it's, like, uh, upper class, um, white, you, you work on, uh, you go and then you work on Wall Street. And it's, like, I, I've, I try to um, not be that you know but in a way I am that which is is difficult to like like I went to a private high school I'm from a well-off fam- I mean I'm not like from like a rich family but if you can say if you can send your kid to a private high school you're doing okay enough right and I went to Yale and but after that I've liked to think that I've, I've lived in a way that is not so typical of that um, stereotype but let's be honest like up until graduation from college, pegged me, put the stamp on from the outside, that's what I am. So when I try to talk about that the sport is not like that and that I'd like it to go outside of that, it's like with a little asterisk, it's like, well, but you kind of are that. Right. Um, And like, you're from a- I'm the same. Yeah, like we're, we're from similar backgrounds and you went to Duke, you almost worked in finance. Um, And I probably, I might've given that a try if I, could have I don't know like I could have very well ended up dabbling with that but it's like what do, are what what's your take on that whole thing like I want to see the sport grow too but like we're from the side of like we're half the stereotype so it's like what what how do you talk about that you know it's interesting I actually I, I wouldn't even say that I've been given many forums to talk about that because mm-hmm. I'm probably not the first person that you would go to to address you know those type of things that people are you know are saying in terms of the growth of the game and and stuff like that you know I will say from observing you know and and listening to you know someone like a like a Kyle Harrison who's been a you know a front you know a leader yep. you know in our sport for for at you know advocating and, and growing and, and having you know people be more inclusive you know I think it just is that constant education that like everyone like needs to just keep taking on like if you're a you know person who's going to like be supportive of that like so like for me like in my position you know like I'm traveling the country trying to impact as many kids as I can regardless of class race Mm -hmm. anything like that and you know I'm just trying to give you know opportunities to to players to to help them grow and get better at lacrosse Mm -hmm. but beyond that 
just be like you said and we touched on like trying to be a role model for them to you know work hard mm-hmm. be accountable like things like skill sets that could help them in whatever that they do just by like trying to like be myself and be a good you know mm-hmm. good leader i think it comes down to like the more people involved in the sport at the top of the sport and but really as it trickles through the ranks like nipping like those things in the bud not just by talking about it but just like by like by being about it you Mm -hmm. know like you hear comments about you know a race or you hear Mm -hmm. different things you know people saying that this person can't participate or this or that like you have to like be strong enough to like step up and and cut that and build that like environment in whatever area you are that it's an inclusive type of thing it's an inclusive game it's an inclusive anything and Mm -hmm. i think i think those issues are probably in everything in society still not just lacrosse like it's in every sport right but it's it probably hurts our sport more because it's just not at that widespread level so i think like like i would i would imagine so i think it's just it's about just you know working to to educate you know young Mm -hmm. players like and, and people that are higher up in the sport like do have an obligation to make sure you're carrying yourself in a way that like can can change those stereotypes. Like mm-hmm. every time a person who played lacrosse, like in Division One lacrosse, like and you're out and you're at this party or you're at this or you're in this airport, like if you're saying if you're telling people or you're representing like that you played lacrosse or anything like that, like you're carrying that like yep. st- stereotype or your or anything to like prevent that stereotype so you have an opportunity to like meet a person say that like oh i played lacrosse in college and like if they have a negative opinion about the game or this or and it's this entitled this that whatever stereotype you can change that certainly i don't like i don't really know like in terms of like i haven't really sat to think about like action plans in terms well, of like I things to like even without it you're you're kind of doing it it's like what's the problem well all these people are from it's like east coast you know prep school uh, ac or uva duke ivy league and then they go work on wall street it's like that's lacrosse all right, right so there's your problem there. it's like how do you change that perception well be someone who did the first two steps and didn't go work on Wall right. I'm not villainizing going and working no, on Wall no, Street. Just, it's a great career. That's just but like, what ha- it kind of happens because it kind of like it gets just clustered in that area. It's the same as like forget like growing the game in terms of like the stereotypes. Just imagine growing the game in terms of talent. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I was going to get to. Is like you're doing it uh, whether or not you've like prescribed like here's what I'm going to do. You're going and bringing it to other communities you're bringing it to you don't care what race someone is it's you're just spreading the sport right 10 years from now those kids that you spread the sport to you talk to them oh i played lacrosse in college i was from you know chicago and now like that 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 uh trajectory looks different so by spread by doing what you're doing right you you are the medicine that's needed you know what i mean like that so someone who's out there spreading the game whether it be to just non-hotbed areas, underprivileged areas, uh, overseas to whether it be races or um, countries that don't have it, is like that's the that's what's needed, right? It's like that's what's going to break the mold because you know then 15 years from now you look at like all right, what does a PLL player look like? 
and there's a wide spectrum, right? It's like that's why like a guy like yeah. Miles Jones or Kyle Harrison, I'd love to get their take on it because they're on the other side of it. They're like, well, I'm I'm what typically a lacrosse player doesn't look like. So for for you and I, we I can only com- comment with any real solid stance on being half the stereotype, and then right, hopefully surprise you that I'm not that cliche you know what I mean yeah 100% um, so it's just interesting to get people's but I, you're saying you haven't thought about it you're doing yeah it. I mean what, what I have what I have thought about it is like you know because I even just think about it as an observation of like the talent um, the talent spectrum where it's like okay like why are there why are there sometimes like really developed programs in San Diego or sometimes like in Austin Texas or this or that mm-hmm. Well, those can also be like kind of destination areas for, right. for people maybe that were on the East Coast that played and went to college and did this, but then to like move when they want to move out of that East Coast bubble, mm-hmm. they tend to move to those areas. And if yeah. they're coaching, okay, they get a job at a high school, oh, they start a club program, and then they have a good just base knowledge of the sport, and they kind of build these little like you know, businesses or pockets of players that mm-hmm. get exposed to what they learn. Like a guy who played for Dom Stars or a guy who played for John Desco and they move mm-hmm. out to these different spots around the country and they build up, a, you know, a program and that kind of grows it in that area. But it's like, it's just to that point, it's just getting more, you know, more people that are in those areas are exposing those kids like to that, like kind of that talent and like those people in those areas, like being open I think to, to different people coming in that want to like teach, mm-hmm. you know, I think I, like I've run into that handful of times where, you know, you get support from one person to like work with their kids, mm-hmm. but then the next person is afraid to have their kids come work with you because they think maybe that I'm going to like market a club team to their kids and like help poach kids for a club team. And I'm like, what I'm trying to do is way, way bigger than just like mm-hmm. me going into an area and like pushing five kids yeah, to a different you're not club. Driven team. by moving. That's not chess my. Pieces, those yeah. aren't my goals, you know. And so, that's where I think. Otherwise, you would have stayed on Wall Street, <laughs> yeah. earned all that cash. I think like I, that's where I think it is. That from that is like hurts the sport in terms of the growth is where those you know cl- like club teams in those not not the club teams well, just but people who operate like that. People who operate like that, whether it's you know club coaches or, or parents or people who you know don't pr- kind of present opportunities to learn when their people are coming through the area or this and that because you know you're you're worried about like these little club ties and uh-huh. things like that like I think that is thinking small-minded and I think that anyone who like is in my position or a kid who's about to graduate college that wants to pursue lacrosse like they really have that passion for teaching the game like it is about like and doing things the right way like it's about bigger than just you know these little like associations this and that like you Uh want to provide you know you know your resources and knowledge to people around the country and yeah inspire along the way and like help bring people together and like that Mm -hmm. will like help the sport like keep taking off because it's a kid who maybe like like I was in Dripping Springs, Texas, mm-hmm. last week, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's honestly an area I had never heard of until you know I've gotten close with their coach, um, and he kind of was you know has been like following me through Instagram when we we met and we kind of set up a clinic and like some of those kids there like you know I would never have like gotten to meet or get mm-hmm. exposed otherwise and it's just like 
it's really cool to be able to do that kind of kind of provide that that yeah. resource and yeah. i think that's like that's really grassroots like that's and it's just getting you know there's all kinds of initiatives about getting sticks in hands and yep. things like that but also like a stick is just product like how about it's like teaching and the knowledge yeah, too like like knowledge knowledge of just like the <laughs> the game and like learning and like being able to watch and like yes. then you can like because again like we can like i never had i did a couple camps growing up like team camps and i had some coaches but i didn't do all this like private training and stuff i didn't have anyone for that yeah. but it was like a lot of me watching guys like steel stanwick in high school and just like looking up to that person and mm -hmm. like trying to emulate different things and i think that's what kids can exactly. like you can keep doing to help grow that yeah and like getting a stick in a kid's hands whether it be like string king east coast dies like the option of like getting say you work for a company and if you'd rather have your stick in someone's hands than not then have them not have a stick, stick then all, like yeah. you gotta kind of hit the road and it's like do, uh, i think there's a uh, native american named alf Jacques. i might i don't know, uh, is he, I don't know he makes this alf he makes Jacques, the wooden sticks right yeah and like i met him at the convention and i was always like this is uh, it's like who you're sponsored by a tree like you made this out of a tree and it's like speaks to the purity of the sport it's like once that once a company gets involved in plastic and metal it's like ah oh, well it's like a nostalgia for a time where it was like you got your your stick carved from nature because the game is like yeah. a pure game it's like wild. that uh, that was just a I might be alone on that one, but I was like, damn, like... No, it's cool. Like, by it, by I think that's where it's like, those are like the the roots and things that like people can continue to learn about. Yeah, for to sure. To kind of change those like stereotypes. But it's like, it is, it's kind of funny in a sense where it's like, when you watch like the Final Four, right? And then you watch like to, the Tewerton Award, like people talk about that. Like this is like the roots of our uh -huh. game. But then like all of a sudden it just gets lost on like people all the time and then then it's like we're back to this you know like stereotype and i just it's interesting the digitalization of everything but lacrosse is helping a lot i mean like just the fact that when you play lacrosse games on television and can be seen by people of any race like i've had people you know whether it be in japan or uh england or new york city of all races come up to me and be like yo i like i follow you and uh like keep doing it I like your stuff because like it's that I'm like wow that I didn't I wasn't like ooh I'm looking to you know see a decay of the stereotype and have people of all races I, right that's a goal but it wasn't of that particular post but clearly it's it's having an effect and like getting on television you know there's no filter as to who watch who's watching right so that's that that's gonna help a lot absolutely um all right to what, it, what let's we're over two hours here if you see me glancing it's usually at the timer <laughs> um just to really tie things up what what are you planning moving forward coaching at usc pll first class lacrosse yeah i'm i'm uh you know i i it's interesting like i try not to think too far ahead now like i think when i was in college and even my first year i was very like worried about like what's going to happen? What's it going to look like five years, 10 years? Mm -hmm. And I still have those thoughts and it's not always easy, but as I've realized with the last two years is if I can just 
kind of keep working at it and like stay the course like you never know what's going to pop up and like i've i've loved being here so like you know i want to be here you know for a few years mm-hmm. um and kind of see like where things go and like you know and like playing and and training like i, I love traveling to do the training so i want to keep building that and uh and keep like growing my you know kind of presence as you know a lacrosse coach and trainer you know Mm -hmm. I think that's you know for me like I I really enjoy that and like I want to you know keep being like a go-to you know resource for kids learning in the sport and high level to down to beginner you know Mm -hmm. because I do enjoy having that impact and like it's been fulfilling like you know the the messages I've gotten from parents and kids in the last couple years in terms of like just helping them Um, it kind of gives like we've talked about like a little more like meaning to my work you know putting it like I'm not just cutting videos to like Mm. post on Instagram and just be like look I cut this video like it's sick like I'm doing it because it actually has like you know you know some help to yeah you've got the prerequisites for for uh like the way that your approach has been since you went into lacrosse full-time is like momentary like all right we're gonna quit and we're gonna see where this takes me and very cliched but like doesn't happen overnight right so like in the time that you've done that and now you are along that trajectory like you have a good following as a coach in the game you've landed a job so one can only assume that five years from now as yeah. long as you don't end up in any of my online skits and tarnish your <laughs> reputation you could work as the head coach at duke yeah who knows um, um i think i'd like to be you know head coach absolutely mm. you know in the uh in the future so um, but we'll just we'll keep seeing seeing how the story goes. Yeah, I, b- I believe in your your path. Um, I've given a book to each each guest at the end. This is actually the book that my last guest recommended to me. Um, so I bought it for me. But then when you were coming <laughs> in, I was like, this is really good for him, and I haven't read it yet, so I can't provide any yeah. insight into it. But Glassini said it was good, and he's a, yeah. a fine mind. So he is a fine mind. you got to trust that it's pretty good. Awesome. Um, and you live in Los Angeles, so I know I can pester you to get that book back. Yes. <laughs> I don't have to trust <laughs> you to mail it. Um, this is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for chatting with me. I and appreciate I, I won't hold it, you up because I know you got Los Angeles. you got to sprint over to, to the beach, you to, know? Yeah, to take gotta, in, like, I saw yesterday I was, like, stuck in a coffee shop a little bit yesterday. And I was just like, wow, like, look at, look at the beach out there. Like, how am I not, like, <laughs> need to pull a desk out onto there and, like, get a hot spot. Living on the Sit on there be- on yes. a desk. Have you ever seen anyone?